Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man Podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man Podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Too Fitty. Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. That is cultural appropriate when I said number 250. <laughs> What, it, no, because I, I was about to say, what was it? Uh, the Darkness Monster. I get no damn. Tr- it's Tree Fitty. That's tree what fitty. it was. Yeah, yeah. Tree yes. Fitty. He ain't get no Tree Fitty for me. Wasn't that Chef's <laughs> parents? Yes. The succubus episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start uh, out with a joke because we have to dive right into the dark shit because that's what happens now. I guess, you know, there was so much that we wanted to talk about this week and I guess just get the dark shit over with from the get. I mean, also, if we're to take events in chronological order, uh, this happened like a whole week ago. I mean, it, we almost forgot that it happened. <laughs> There's been so much news in the meantime. But the the shooting at the uh, at the video game tournament, yeah, right? Well, what Florida? This wasn't even like a. This was for a uh, for Madden, right? This was all Madden tournament. Yeah, yeah. They were just playing football. This wasn't even like. A, imagine if it was a shooting game. Not well. It's you know. Trust me. It's a, it. It's been enough for the uh, the people who come for toxic masculinity to to come out. You know because it's video games and football together. So I mean, and yeah, gun violence. Yeah, it, it touches it touches on a whole lot of uh, talking points. Yeah, the only thing that makes it worse is if it would have been your like you were saying a Halo tournament, right? Well, what I find interesting is that, and we t- we, we touched on this on Sporgy, so if you listen to that, you're going to get a little bit of the the same gist, but it's going to be worded differently. Uh, everybody that hates video games instantly said he shot up, he killed people because he lost a video game. Proof that video games are horrible. Okay, well, wonderful. And you know, everybody that hates sports and competition. Well, see, this is what happens. This is is you know a toxic. Competitiveness and masculinity. Okay, well, wonderful. I say there's got to be more to this than he lost a game of Madden. One, he's been doing this for years. He was the Madden champion in 2017. Two, these guys all traveled together and competed against each other all the time. They had to have known each other. Right. Well, I mean, to say that his being involved in a video game tournament had something to do with this is just ridiculous i mean by that logic we should have already outlawed marriage because how many how many suicides and murders happen over divorces and breakups right we should should outlaw relationships because it's driving people crazy it's making people kill each other hey i'm I mean, down, it's certainly I'm, it's certainly doing in much greater numbers than mass these quote-unquote mass shootings that we're seeing that this is being categorized as 
Hey guys, I'm down with OPP. I'm just saying, there's there's no room for relationships, just room to hit it, you know, I mean, just, hey. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, obviously, it's, it's, that's how come I just shrug it off. I'm just like, what, a, it's, it's like the Flat Earthers or the fucking Star Wars is promoting white genocide people. I'm just like, I, I just, when I see someone, I just, just say some dumb shit like that, I just think of Chase and Amy and the whole... <laughs> Anytime I start talking about sci-fi fiction, some white boy got to invoke the Holy Trilogy. What's a Nubian? <laughs> Bitch, you almost made me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's so ridiculous. I, I mean, obviously, I have family that say it, you know, and they're like, this is why I don't let my kids play video games. And I just, because I don't want to argue with them, I just don't post, but I just want to say, what do you think they're doing at their friend's house? What do you think they're doing on their phone when you're not right there watching what they're doing? There's so many ways to play video games. You don't think that you've completely walled your child off from them in the year 2018 in America. Sorry. It's just, it's, it's not. Well, right. I mean, to say that you don't want your kids to play video games is at, in this day and age is akin to saying, I don't want my kids really socializing outside of school. Because that's a. Like, sure, go ahead uh, say things were better when we didn't have video games and we went outside and grabbed a stick and had a sword fight and played mud and shit and whatever. Make your judgments. What If you think sunshine and, and clean air is what made this nation better for some reason, then I can't sway you from your beliefs. But there's... There's still a, a, a relationship. There's a peer group. I mean, I see it. My son comes to stay with me on the weekends. He doesn't have any friends in this area that he would even go see. He gets on, he's on the phone with them. He's doing like whatever you know uh, chat program that they use. You know, he's playing video games more often than not in that room. But he's doing it with his friends. Well, exactly, and that's, I don't know, my uncle's one of them, he, but uh, he has some sort of, he's the only person I've ever met that, that has this, he can't even watch someone play a video game, let alone play it himself, because he gets motion sickness, uh-huh. I guess it's just too realistic for him these days, um, so because of that, he's like, you know, they're stupid, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd feel the same way if I couldn't eat cheese, no. What the fuck? Just because you can't do something don't mean they're stupid. But you know, well, all these kids want to do is play video games. Really? Because I grew up with an Atari 2600, a Nintendo, a Genesis, and I played outside. Well, I still did all the normal kid things. Yeah, like what? I, <laughs> yeah, kids want to do shit like that. Like, just the only reason you didn't want to at your when you were a kid is because. You didn't have video games, but what did you want? To, you wanted to fucking watch TV and go to the movies. And your parents go, oh, this is stupid. That's all they want to do. It, yeah. But, I mean, that's just, that's, that's you know, that's one take on it. And so I'm just like, okay. And then, of course, the other take is, you know, gun culture and all this. And, and you know, it's amazing how the facts are just being ignored completely. Yes, it happened in Florida, mm-hmm. and I've seen I've seen articles 
and countless people commenting on this story. They're like, oh, it's because it happened in Florida because Florida's got them shit and lacks gun laws. He bought them in fucking Baltimore, no. Maryland. Right. It had, he, he was not a Floridian. And it, it, this, uh, this story really says nothing about gun control at all, right? This is the type of incident that is going to happen no matter how strict your gun laws are. Unless you actually make them illegal. There's nothing about this guy's background that showed that he was some sort of criminal and would have uh, illegally gotten a gun if he wasn't allowed to legally purchase one. I'm, it's just, it's the mystery, right, that sticks with us. So the fact that we can, you know, it's it, the incident in and of itself should have no more or less effect on us than any tragedy, any highway accident that happened today. There's a bus that crashed into a semi and four people are dead. That's more lives. That's what you're really concerned about. But this you can go, oh, well, you know, the driver fell asleep or the brake failed or something that we can go, oh, there's the answer. That's why these people died. At least now we know. And maybe we can avoid that in the future. This, we can't even get a starting point of why it happened, much less than figure out how to prevent it. And that, you know, that's how societies deal with problems. You, you identify them and then you figure out how to solve that issue. And this is the one that we can't even identify. That's why it sticks with us. But it, I think it's just going to be a mystery. Did I lose you guys? No, no, we're here. I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. On my end, everything cut out. It was weird. No, I think it's probably going by the fact that, like I said, he's been on the touring circuit, you know, for competing with Madden. He's known. He's won before. I'm sure he knows other people. My guess is, and I mean, like I said, we might never know. My guess is, though, that... It was something a little bit. It was something a little bit. No, no, a lot more than just. Oh, I got beat in the game of Madden. That might have been, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. You know, well, but that, I, I, I can't. It, I think when you're in the when you're in that state of mind, I, I would guess, right? I've never been suicidal, but I would imagine that once you're, it's almost a, a, a it, when you've clearly decided that your life needs to end, that really frees you up to do a lot of other things too, right? <laughs> like, the old, maybe this guy did have something wrong with his brain chemistry, and the fear of death or lifelong imprisonment was the only thing that stopped him from shooting these people. And then once he realized that he was going to die, that he had to that he had to die for whatever reason, because I, that's the way I look at this. This is a suicide, right? There's, this wasn't planned out like there was some grand escape that was going to happen. No, he took himself out. Right. And this is, this is what happens in almost all of these, these cases that we're categorizing as mass shootings. Once a person decides that they are going to take their own life, whether it's by putting a gun to their head or forcing somebody else to shoot them, then what's to stop them from taking out people, whoever, enemies, strangers? Maybe he's promised a titty. And you can get to touch one. Yeah. God damn it, I'm getting the <laughs> gun and I'm killing everybody. And, and I, just, I just can't help but think anytime I, hear about someone, anytime I hear about someone who kills himself 
but they kill a bunch of people beforehand. I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. Right. You know, didn't we go over this like a week, two weeks ago? Yeah. Hi- hijack a plane, do a barrel roll, and then crash into the ground. Okay? <laughs> yes. Don't 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 kill other people. Have fun For, on your way out. It's gonna forever, be forever, my thing. hero. Yes, because <laughs> any entertained as well. Theft and destruction of property, private property. That's the way I want to go out. But yeah, it's it, it it's it, and it's uh, of course it's you know it's not a school, but it has you know got the usual suspects to come out and they start you know throwing around their numbers and you know. Leaving out facts that are inconvenient to their to their point they're trying to make. You know, there's thirty thousand incidences with guns a year. Yeah, and like two thirds of them are suicide. Mm-hmm. I I'm sorry that I don't. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I don't look at suicide like other people do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same stories that where all you have to do is like change location and a few names and a couple numbers. And then just publish the same story. And Rich, you were telling me pre-show that NPR actually had a story about uh, about the kind of backtracking on uh, what we classify as a mass shooting. Because yeah. I mean, even after this incident, it was like various sources, but it seemed over two hundred was the number that uh, that we were considering official. Yeah, the the U.S. Education Department reported earlier this year that in the 2015-2016 school year there were there were uh, nearly 240 school shootings reported, at, or 240 schools, excuse me, reported at least one incident revolving a school-related shooting. Now NPR did a little legwork, mm-hmm. and. 59 of the 240 schools didn't respond, so you can take them out. Four of the schools That's said that... 20%. Okay. That's so a big chunk. Four of the schools <clears throat> said, no, 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 it, it was mischaracterized. It, it wasn't a school shooting. Uh-huh. 11 were confirmed. The rest said there was no incidences. Nothing, Eleven. I mean, not even... Like uh, somebody brought a gun to school, or maybe it went off, but it didn't hurt anyone. Did those uh, get roped into this? Nope. This was this was specifically uh, a gun being up fired. Did not happen. Like false reporting. Yep. This is specifically they were asked if a gun was fired in school, and this is how they re- this is how it was reported that it was almost 240 schools, and 11 of them said no. Yes, we, we did have. A firearm incident at our school out of a reported 240, and I mean the 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 in the article, some of the quotes are hilarious. You know, uh, the civil rights data collection for 2018 required every public school more than 96,000 to answer questions on a wide range of issues. Uh, I'm trying to find the the, the guy who said it. This is the way the, the question was, was phrased. Has there been at least one incident in your school that involved a shooting, regardless of whether anyone was hurt? The answer that they gave, the civil rights data collection, nearly 240 schools, 0.2% of all schools answered yes. 
And obviously when they were confronted with the fact that NPR had done this and done the footwork, this is the quote from Jeff Davis, an assistant superintendent. Uh, I think someone pushed the wrong button. So it's like an automated service? I guess. You, you call up. If your school has been Wait, uh, has had an incident of gun violence, press one now. News. That's what that guy yeah, said. Be- because, the, the once again, it's the Civil Rights Data Collection reports that 26 shootings happened within the Ventura Unified School District in Southern California. The outgoing superintendent, different, different gentleman, this guy's name is Joe Reynolds, says he has been there for, I've been here for almost 30 years and he doesn't, I don't remember any shooting. We're in this weird vortex of what's on this screen and what reality is. Well, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Statistically, because my nephew my sister had to go sit through something at my nephew's school earlier on this year uh to talk about school shootings and all this crap and what they would do and if there was a plan all this crap and i'm like was part of this presentation like hey after here go buy a lottery ticket because you have a bigger chance of winning i don't know I, I, it's it, you if you watch the news you make it seem like every every week some uh, a school's getting shot up and it's just not the case well this is straight up fear mongering. And once you realize that, then the next question is why? Now, if you take the people who are doing the fear mongering and you want to attribute some sort of they're doing it because they're afraid of children getting hurt, so the ends justify the means, I guess you can rationalize it if you're that type of person. Me, I look at it and go, you're lying to try to prove a point, to push an agenda. In other words, you're an asshole, period. I, it, it, I, it, there's, there's no other way I can, I can interpret that. Like you got to run serpentine to the bus. I, I just, I, we know there are a lot of people in this country who want all guns banned because in their minds, that's one step closer to this peace-love utopia that they think is going to come about, that they're going to bring about. Coincidentally, you know, they themselves and people that think like them and they don't want to deal with reality. You know, guns are damn near impossible to come by in England than especially compared to the United States. So they got what stabbings, acid attacks, if people, people driving cars into fucking groups of people. If people want to hurt other people, they're going to find a way. And the only argument is, well, guns make it too easy. Oh, uh, you know what? I'll take freedom over safety. I'm sorry. And I hate to break it to everybody. And you guys know I'm not a gun guy. I don't own a gun. Never shot a gun. But I, guns are like drugs, generally. You're only going to find them if you're looking for them. <laughs> uh, really, you're not going to cross paths with a gun unless you're looking for one. It's kind of like a bag of weed. You're not going to accidentally just stumble across a bag of weed. Hey, I mean, sometimes... You know, oh, right. same thing I, with the gun. See, sometimes someone's gonna show up, some crazy guys gonna show up with a gun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, growing up, I was never approached to buy drugs or a gun or anything like that. The only time people approached me is when I went to illegal places like a ra- like a rave. Then you could expect somebody coming no one, up to you. Not, no, a, not a gun, but drugs. No one was hanging outside the high school like, hey, you ever, you ever seen a gun before? <laughs> you want you want to buy one? No, first first shot free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's look. It 
for whatever reason, this is one of them issues that brings out the worst in a lot of people. Whether they be the gun nuts, the amosexuals, whatever the, whatever you want to call them, or the gun grabbers. It, it, they, they, <clears throat> they, both want, they both just, first of all, don't even want to deal with reality. They don't care about reality unless it just so happens to back up their point. Which, by the way, they're never going to change their mind about no matter how much evidence you show them. So there's just no point in talking to them. The problem is we're letting these people dictate the conversation. We're being held I mean, hostage have, by dumb people, like in general. And this is just another area where it's happening. You know, you have people like David Hogg, you know, poor man's Frankie Munez after, you know, with fetal alcohol syndrome, running around talking about... Fetal alcohol hog syndrome? <laughs> Agent Cody Banks? <laughs> <laughs> Agent Mother had about four martinis every night he, she was pregnant with him. Um, well, no, run around talking about, you know, these old Democrats, the fuck out of the way and let us take over. Mm-hmm. I almost wish that it would go that way, just so I can watch this spectacular fucking failure right now, instead of having to wait till he runs for fucking office in 10 years. Yeah. Because this, this oh. I mean, and, and you're That's letting some- a, a kid... With a fucking douchebag haircut, dictate the conversation to adults. Guess what? It's our fault. Sit down and well, shut up, kid. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's simple. I, I'm all for giving everyone a voice, right? And I, young, younger people should have just as much of it as a voice as older people. It's, it's the get-out-of-the-way attitude that is ridiculous. Because, I mean, first of all, there's some, there's some very old Democrats on the Supreme Court that you better hope hold on for at least a little while longer. The notorious and, and, RGB, baby. And don't go anywhere. Dude, I was watching her work out the other day. There was a video of her uh, like fucking doing planks and shit. I mean, she was... She, she, was <laughs> she was like doing alright. I mean... Just need her to get to the to the singularity so they can put her in a robot body. <laughs> <laughs> right, or just the head in the jar. We'll do it Futurama style. <laughs> well, but, I, it, you, but you understand what's going on. It's the same shit as when we were kids. Mm-hmm. We might not have done it ourselves, but we all know that one person that was a little too eager to fucking tell everybody that they know they've got life figured out and they're 17, 18 years old. And for the most part, <clears throat> most other kids either just didn't say anything one way or the other, or, you know, they were like, really? Okay. So how do we do this? And then you just watch them fuck everything up and you just go, now, now what did you expect that was going to happen? You don't know shit about shit. Believe- He's not even fucking started college yet. I believe that fucking Whitney Houston song. I swear to God. I'm only half joking with it. He is literally talking about running for fucking Congress, and he hasn't finished one fucking classic college. Yeah, he's talking about a 2024 well, run. But, Rich, I really do think it's wrong to just look at him and discredit him for his age. I mean, and I discredit disagree him for with the him shit that the comes issues. out of his mouth. No, I, I understand that, you, but... You wanna, he, no- wants to preach that, he wants to preach that the older generation doesn't know shit. Yet he has no life experience, and he's going to tell us all how to live our lives. Him being wrong has nothing to do with his age. He's made it about his age. He opened that door. I didn't. I'm not saying it. It's not about his age, right? There's no... 
There's you nothing. don't want it to be about his age. He makes it about his age. He's constantly talking about how I don't want it. The, to the young generation, my generation, the young is gonna, the children are gonna, dude. Sure, I understand shut. that. He's Just, trying to use that as an advantage. He's he's saying that he's seeing the world more clearly because he's not jaded, right? I don't agree with that. I, I think it's it's not an. an a yes or no situation, right? It's not about that this these problems can't be solved with somebody who is wise because they're already like ingrained into the system and just used to the way things are. I think that's the only way we get true change is by younger people like David Hogg deciding what type of change they want and making it happen. Uh, and again, I, I don't agree with them on the idea that older people need to get out of the way. All I'm saying is that there's no valid criticism to say you're wrong because you haven't even been to college yet. You're wrong because you don't know what pussy looks like. You know, like. Well, he has a mirror. He knows what it, he knows what it looks like. <laughs> I think "feels like" would be the more appropriate insult. Like, fine. Like, you know, if you you challenge him on the issues, because I don't agree with him on that, but. I, I just, I can't agree with you that it's because of his age or that he shouldn't be taken seriously. If I, mean, I agreed with what he had to say, I'd be like, that's a smart fucking kid. That's, fi- that's, that's fine. My point is, his age didn't matter until he made it the issue. And now that he's made it the issue, no, it's this fair isn't game. a god. No, it's not. It's not. I'm, what I'm not. I'm not saying it's like should be off limits. Like, whoa, you can't go after him. He's a kid. You can go after him all you want, but if your weapon to go after him is you're only a kid, then you don't have much of a weapon. That's not a valid criticism. He, he wants to make it an issue. Yes, he wants to use it to his advantage. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I just we ain't gonna agree on this. I, you don't get to try it out something. So you're no, but what you're saying? What you're saying? No, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. You don't get to try it out something in a debate and use it to your advantage, and then say, "But you can't talk about it." No, see, you're completely misunderstanding me. That is not what I'm talking about at all. I'm not talking about debate issues. I'm not talking about leverage and winning an argument. What I'm talking about is that. By saying that David Hogg is wrong because he hasn't even ent- uh, hasn't, hasn't graduated from high school or hasn't entered college or whatever, is saying that everybody, anybody that hasn't graduated college or I mean graduated high school or hasn't reached a certain level of education is just automatically wrong. That's what your statement says, and that's why I take issue with it. Well, fine then. I'll file it away with the rest of the shit that I somehow live with. Every day. I'll be fine with that. I don't care, dude. He's a fucking asshole who got out there and fucking spouted a bunch of horse shit and fucking got a bunch of people who are easily fucking led to agree with him. And he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about half the time. He is literally sitting making videos talking about, I just tell my mother, give me your fucking phone. I'll send the fucking message because you don't know how to do it. That is how he talks. He's wrong because he's wrong. He's ignorant on the issues because he wants to be. He's taking advantage of a, a situation in a way. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to call him a, a crisis actor, or say that you know what what he went through having your school shot up 
is uh, has worked out okay for him or anything like that. But he he definitely is is taking advantage of the situation. I mean, there's al- there's also the fact that he has been trying to insert his face on television long before this fucking school shooting. We ha- there's sure. that whole there's that whole CNN report. Or not CNN report, a uh, uh, news report out from when he was in California, I guess, staying with his mom about him and his friend and the cop come over and harassed him. And, you know, he said flat out he wants to be a television personality when he grows up. That was a year ago. Then the shooting happens. Okay. and He's like, where's the camera? He couldn't he couldn't find a camera quick enough. But what just what if David Hogg was imagine that he was the voice of reason that he got on television and said everything that you've been saying on this podcast, and you're like, you, you "Holy know shit, I, would- I agree with that kid." Would you still then go, "Yeah, but nobody should take this guy seriously because he's only 17"? Okay, let me let me give you how I view it. Because he's breaks his neck to run to over to the first fucking camera he can find all the time. Yeah, that makes him look a certain way. Now his his little partner in crime from the Parkland shooting. The chick with the shaved head, I don't see her fucking plastering her face all over the place. And she's saying the same thing. And you know what? I'd actually take her more serious because I think she is more genuine about it. He wants to get in front of a camera. He wants to be famous. This is his fucking, I'm going to punch, this is going to punch my ticket. But this is where we're splitting. you, you piece of shit. You're a fuck. You don't take advantage of something. You you say say the, the NRA takes advantage of dead children. To promote their fucking product, yet you're taking advantage of your dead fucking classmates to get your ass on TV. What's more important, your message or getting you on TV? And judging by every action I've seen of this kid, it's to get him on TV. David Hogg is an idiot and an asshole. This is something that you and I are 100% agreeing on. We have a name for the episode. <laughs> oh god we were if we put david hogg as an asshole as the name of the episode we're gonna get a lot of fucking people <laughs> good rich i mean it would be as if you had said well, imagine if david hogg was gay right i wouldn't even imagine and pre-gay right and you and you're you're criticizing him because he's going out on TV and saying all this shit that is ridiculous, and he's clearly just trying to grandstand and trying to use this as a, a catapult to a career. And to me, when you when you know, I'm, this is, is a he, bad he, this is a bad example because I don't want to try I don't want to try and paint you as some kind of bigot. But that's but when you say to me he can't, he nobody should take this guy seriously because of his age. That's you may as well say that like nobody should take uh, like it's a bad example. I'm not even going to go to that. Line. <laughs> look, look, look here. I would I withdraw that statement. But you, here's if there is a reason young people make the mistakes they do because they haven't learned not to make the mistakes. All right, he wants to present himself as he's some sort of you know 18 or whatever, however old he is, going on like 75 type you know sage. Like, oh, I'm Buddha, I know everything. There's okay. no line. No, we don't stop making mistakes and stop learning. Okay, let that me never finish, let me finish before broke. you pick one thing I said and go after that. It doesn't... I, I don't know. Whatever. I, I, I can't remember what I was going to fucking say. All right. 
Bottom line is, yeah, it does factor in there. Is it the main issue? No. And if he and if he was gay and he was every time he fucking spoke as a gay shooting survivor, what the fuck does your sexuality have to do with you surviving a shooting? Well, I'm a young person who survived a shooting, so I'm going to talk and you're going to listen. Really? What the fuck does it have to do with anything? You're pandering. It's what you're fucking doing. And I can't fucking stand it. I'm sick of it. People pander to, 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 to people, other people all the fucking time and we, no one calls him on it. it, it's, it to me, it's just horse shit. If he has, if he really wants to enact change, you know, I gave him credit when he first came out. He compiled a list of everybody who was up for re-election. And, he and in that list, he put whether they had taken money from the NRA and how much they mm -hmm. had taken and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, there you go. But now, whether I agree with him or not is immaterial. That's how you get shit done. Then he abandoned that and went in and went on to, well, I'm going to run for fucking Congress when, you know, 2024. Okay, so that's what this was all about. This, was, this wasn't about the shooting. This wasn't about enacting change. This was about furthering your career. I'm allowed to call him a scumbag for using this incident to fucking catapult himself into the national spotlight. Period. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Th and, his, and, his, and, and his age, yes, I, I'm... It, it does factor in. Once again, it's not the only factor, but I wasn't I wasn't harping on his age the first time he started appearing all over TV. In fact, the first time we ever talked about him on the show, I defended him because people were saying because he had that 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 news report out in California last year that he's some sort of like crisis actor or some bullshit term like that. And I was like, no, he's not. He's just a fucking kid who wants to be on TV. That's it. He's not a crisis actor for fuck's sake. Well, why is he in California? But then he's going to school in Florida. What, you don't have, you don't, you've never seen a divorced family before? I, you know, I used to spend summers with my dad school year with my mom. That's out of the, that's out of the question. And it's out of the question for his they, parents to live in different states. <laughs> I defended the, the kid. The idea that there are even crisis actors that get on on TV and shit, on the regular. I mean, sure, I'm sure at some point somebody has been paid to say some shit, and or act like some shit happened to them. But you'd have to be like Sasha Baron Cohen level talent <laughs> to go onto all these channels and be this douchebag, right? Like the idea that if David Hogg had that much talent in him, he wouldn't be already doing something else. He'd be on some CW show. He'd be the fucking Flash. He'd be definitely it, a better actor than the guy he's got playing him. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. It, but, I mean, well, he, not it, necessarily he, him. I all the shows. It's the directors. But I digress. Here's here's what I fucking here's what I've said about crisis actors from the beginning. You're telling me that some secret cabal is perpetuating all these fake school shootings and fake mass shootings and using the exact same actors all over the country when they when they enact these fake shootings and they don't even bother to put them in like they don't even give them the superman treatment and give them a pair of glasses so they look different <laughs> you have to grow a goatee like get the fuck out of here dude I, i'm sorry it if you are doing some dirt on that level you're smarter than that period end of story it does not hold up under scrutiny. And it was bullshit when people accused him of it. And sadly, it's still... <sighs> Thank you, Alex Jones. That shit is still being fucking perpetuated. That, 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 that bullshit lie that, oh, this is 
Oh, Sandy Hook was a false flag operation to snatch our guns. Really? Sandy Hook was, what, six years ago? Um, right. where's, the, where's the guns going to be snatched? When's it happening? Slow down, guys. Right. Uh, he's uh, with David Hogg and, and the other people from, uh, that were involved in that shooting. You're talking about if, if you wanted to imagine that the kids that were speaking out were crisis actors, well, you can you know, pull three random teens together and just say, yeah, they went to the school. Right? And Sandy Hook, you're now imagining that the deep state has got a whole family together what, to pull that off. Died? 22 right. people died at Sandy Hook, so they got 22 fake families that they put together? Really? Right. That can all act perfectly, stay in character, cry on demand. You know, again, they'd be on soap operas. <laughs> they'd at least be gainfully employed if they were that good. They're not going. I really want to get into acting, so I'm gonna. But I also want to be. Uh, I also want to work for the government. So maybe there's some job where I, the government, can pay me to go on TV and act. Yeah, and on, on t- <laughs> who's who's writing for these people? The guys who do Game of Thrones. There's some people I know they can keep that big of a cast <laughs> rotating and keep everybody on fucking on topic. Jesus God, I mean, it is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I and know it, the, the these conspiracy theories build the government, the deep state, and all this up to the like, this superhero level of competency that is just Im- would be impossible to achieve. But here's the thing. Yeah. They have these, they build them up for, you know, to where it's like they're, they're capable of all this shit. Yeah, they, they fuck up and use the same actors and don't even fucking put them in makeup or different clothes. And all the, like, really? Really? They've got everything covered but that. That's some Star Wars A New Hope, oh, we're just going to leave this vent open, they'll never get to it, type fucking shit. That is what that is. Come on now. Yeah, seriously? Like, you, you, you. How dare you? That works in a movie, but if this is you're telling me that these people are so competent that they can fool the entire world, but they they can't cover their ass in the most simple like, well, shouldn't we use different actors? That would be like one of the first things you would say. That's that's I don't know. So I let you sit here and sully the name of George Lucas like this. Well, hey, at least they didn't put it on the second one. (laughs) (laughs) You actually had to get inside the motherfucker. But no, it's 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 silly. It's nonsense, and it, it, whatever. I I just I don't know. Look, I'm sorry. I just I, I maybe I'm wrong. I just want my politicians to have like I don't know more life experience than than I just graduated high school. All right. I'm not saying that. Who knows? I've never sat down and talked to the, to the guy one on one. Maybe he's got a lot of great ideas. The problem is he doesn't have years of learning how to get those ideas to for, for, to, to come about. Mm-hmm. I mean, po- that's the game of politics. It's not who, you, it's, not, it's not what you know. It's who you know. That's how you get shit done. Well, it used to be. I mean, you know, now it's like, well, we just don't get anything done because everybody's just boom right along party lines so much. No one will talk to anybody else. And even if you cross the aisle. You are just assailed. Like, for instance, uh, this past week, John McCain passing mm-hmm. away. And uh, what's her name? The, the socialist chick from New York. Dare, dared. Dared to be civil on Twitter. 
<laughs> Wait, uh, I didn't see her response to it. What, she had something positive to say about McCain? Well, yeah, just like she had respect. It was just something about, it was like right after he died. And it, and it was just a fair-minded, like, you know, something along the lines of, like, we didn't agree, but... What, what what's her name? Alexandra Ocasta something or another. I I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I know I know who you're talking about. So I'm assuming that she got criticized for that. Of course. I because that's what happens now. <laughs> hold on. Story? Let me hold on. I'm moving at the speed of Google. Well Alright, so John McCain was what? I mean he was okay. Here's her. Here's her tweet that got her just like fucking uh, just scorched on Twitter. You ready for this incendiary bullshit? Uh, John McCain's legacy represents an unparalleled example of human decency in American service. As an intern, I learned a lot about the power of humanity and government through his deep friendship with Senator Kennedy. He meant so much to many. My prayers are with his family. That apparently was a bridge too far for uh, for a bunch of her supporters. She had, right. she had to apologize for that tweet. How dare you be civil on Twitter? She apologized. Yeah, she had to apologize for that. She, oh, she she did apologize? Yes. That's it. For, Fuck that bitch. You a weak titty bitch. Sorry. Burn in hell, bitch. You ain't got the balls to be fucking running running anything. If I, That bitch better never run for anything national. That's how it is now. But that's how it is now. I don't... See... I'm not you saying it excuses there, it, but it's no. There, there, there's a difference between if you had if you took a stand years later, realized that, that that you were you were wrong and you apologized for it, and then there's this bullshit of oh, you better apologize right now for what you just said three hours ago on Twitter. Right. No, well, she didn't say anything out of fucking character. <laughs> yeah, uh, there has to be some sort of middle ground here, right? That I mean, if you look at the 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 opposite response. From Trump, that was very cold. It was a tweet about uh, basically condolences to the family, not saying anything really directly about McCain at all, and then refusing, when asked by reporters, refusing to talk about McCain at all, and then having to basically be pressured by what I would guess is the rest of the Republicans in the White House and and uh, the representatives. To actually lower the flag to half mass, which would be the tradition for really just about any one of his stature passing away, not even of his stature. I mean, this guy is, you know, life is uh, a very accomplished politician and a war hero. Uh, so Trump has this like very me centric, like actually, his, <laughs> the, the apology came with a photo of Donald Trump. For, and not apology, I'm sorry, the condolences to McCain's family came with a photo of Donald Trump for some reason. And, uh, and meanwhile, like, sure, he was kind of forced to, like, begrudgingly, you know, there was an official White House statement that everyone understood that Trump had nothing to do with drafting, and eventually the flag was, was lowered to half-mast. But it made not a blip on Fox News or any of his hardcore supporters, right? That... He could have. Well, there's enough blips remained, everywhere else. He could have remained stubbornly uh, to not acknowledge John McCain at all, and it wouldn't have made any uh, 
made, wouldn't have made his approval ratings dip in the least, right? So, Jesus God, we're sitting. Here, John McCain's like, dead. And we're sitting here talking about this Cheeto-faced cocksucker well, response was, to it. That that was my whole problem with it when it happened. Like when I find out John McCain dies. I Google John McCain death and like everything comes up is all about Trump's reaction. I'm like, Jesus, right. Jesus Christ. Well, like, but the, but the reason I brought it up and the point that I was trying to make is that on one side you have like steadfast support no matter what. And then on the other side you have willing to attack your own for the slightest offense. Like there has to be some middle ground where you're able to criticize your own side for hopefully the benefit of what you imagine the benefit of of your cause or party or whatever and and not just back anything that happens or anything that any stance blindly versus just at each other's throats constantly demanding apologies and outrage over you said something nice about somebody who died like isn't that just the standard of human decency None you know more. like i have Sure, like I, I have still critical things to say about John McCain. I didn't agree with his politics. Certainly, I don't. His funeral isn't my opportunity to come out and say, "Well, you know, here's why John McCain was such an asshole." And certainly, if for whatever reason I was invited to his funeral, I would say nice things about the guy, right? Because he wasn't. It, and look, even Donald Trump, even Donald Trump has people that have relationships with them and can honestly say like, wow, this is like a decent human being who like cares about his family or cares. Right. He paid even them somebody, to say it, but even, even now, right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I think, I think there's a lot less people than somebody like say Obama, but you know, nobody is, you know, Barry, nobody is a completely demonic, right? There is some humanity in everyone, and did, did, that, did that's either what you should do. Like, you should talk about their humanity when somebody passed, or not say anything at all, right? Did either of you guys watch uh, Joe Biden's eulogy to him or, or catch the highlights of it? I did not watch it. I just happened to see a headline before we started that everybody was in tears, and I was like, well, yeah. That's, well, Joe, Joe that, Biden said something that was very telling and very, very interesting Mm-hmm. in a, wow, how fucked are we way? And that was, now obviously Biden, he started off by going, I'm Joe Biden, I'm a Democrat, and I, I, I love John McCain. Like, it was almost a confession. Like, like, he had to get that out of the way because if not, it's going to be, why is this Democrat talking at John McCain's funeral? And then he went on to talk about how they would eat lunch together. Mm-hmm. And both of their parties came to them separately and said, you know, I think this was, he said, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, that's, that's not really a good look for us. You know, could you, could you not eat with the enemy? He's like, no, just because I disagree on policy with this man doesn't mean I'm going to hate this man. And we've lost track of that. And I think McCain, this is why that there are so many nutbags on the right calling him a rhino and mm-hmm. dancing on his grave. And there's so many nutbags on the left dancing on his grave because he wasn't part of their fucking tribe. The, because he did fucking, he did what he thought was right. Oh, and by the way, if later he changed his mind, he did the unforgivable. 
He apologized. Case in point, in 1983, he supported the governor of Arizona who didn't want Martin Luther King Day to be a holiday in Arizona. Mm -hmm. What was it? Eight years later, he came out and said he was wrong to support him on that issue. Whoops. Rock side of history on this one. My fault. But here's the thing. You can't do that. You can't. Now, to me, that's okay. That's something you should apologize for. Not a tweet about a fellow politician who died and, right. and, and the people that you know that worked with him or in his campaign and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, th- this man went across the aisle a lot and he was hated for it. And he was hated from all the people that would hate us because they'd look at us and go, oh, you filthy centrist, can't fucking pick a side, fence-sitting faggots. How dare you listen to the other side, John McCain? Glad you're dead. I mean... Think of, think of, th- not really. Think about no, it. He, 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 at that town hall appearance he had, mm-hmm. when that lady stood up and said, you know, I was just gonna Barack Obama, yeah, Barack Obama is a, is a Muslim and he support, you know, he hangs with terrorists and he's ugly and his mother dresses him funny. John McGain said, no, 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 no. We may disagree on how to run this country, but he's a decent man. Right. But here's it that was brought up a lot and shot down because they, the actual quote is, she says, uh, you know, he's a Muslim, he's a foreigner, whatever, and he says, no, ma'am, he's not, a mu- he's, not he's a decent man, right? Oh, oh implying that Mus- if you're Muslim, you can't yes. be a decent man. Yeah. Uh, see, this is, this is that, that this, was- <laughs> this is that shit that, that, that Joe Biden brought up. He said, we have to stop trying to attack what we believe people's intent is. And go by what their actions tell us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think he really meant to get up there and say, if you're Muslim, you're not a decent human being? No. And the people who fucking are, are, are trying to shoot that fucking statement that he made down don't either. They're just, it's a fucking, it's, oh, there's a little crack in there. Let me see if I can pry this door open. Well, get, start some write, shit. It's in their talking points. It's what cable news says, right? I mean, it's, it's, it is it is kind of scary because something that everybody seems to agree on is that there probably won't be another John McCain type this high up in politics anytime soon. Period. Yeah, yeah. That's scary. So there's going to be nobody who's willing to 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 cross the aisle and put aside differences to make a compromise to move the country forward. There's going to be no one who's going to stand up and say we need to do this for all of us. Okay, this is how we get shit done. It's compromise. It's give and take. Right. Like the uh, oh, the, the woman with the name that we can't remember. <laughs> Alexandra. Um, well, just call her Alexandra. The socialist chick. Right. Ocasio-Cortez. Right. If if she the was AOC, a tr- that's what we'll call if her. If she was a, if she was a true leader and somebody who wanted to maybe follow uh, John McCain's example in that respect, her response would have been, I'm not going to apologize for saying something decent about a man who's passed. And, you know, and if I do, then what kind of leader am I? That is looked it up. I, mean, I don't think she apologized. But okay, she, well, took she didn't a apologize for everything I said. Well, well yeah. That, that kind of drastically changes this, doesn't it? You know, I, I, to me, the, the, the biggest 
faux pas of McCain's political career is picking Sarah Palin as his running mate because he originally wanted Joe uh, uh, Joe Lieberman. Well, you think John McCain? I mean, I, I'm sure he ultimately had to make the decision, but somebody had to present him with this idea. I don't think that. Oh, they. The Sarah Palin was on his radar. Let's well, be let honest. Me, let me, they went, all right, they got a black guy. We need a woman. We need a white. Yeah, we need a, we need a, yeah. we need a woman. 100%. Here's, here's, here's the thing, though. Also, she wasn't invited the, to his funeral? The snub. The rallies he had she see while running house. for president. The rallies he had while running for president yes. were completely different in tone than her appearances while running for vice president. Yeah, it's like they were yeah, like, you know, clear, they had a point. on two different tickets. Well, hold on, hold on, because I want to play a game here real quick. Uh-huh. I clearly remember people saying, off with Obama's head, screaming it, you know, he's a, he's a Muslim, he's a terrorist. Yeah. Oh, she's up there talking, and she never, ever, ever fucking disagreed, but she never agreed. She just let it happen. Now, what does that rhetoric sound like in another political candidate's fucking base? Lock her up. Hmm. Oh yeah, no. It's Palin is absolutely the harbinger to Trump. If yes, if you were to fucking draw a line, she Trump. There's a direct line from her right. to Trump. I think collectively, I mean, we a lot of America was getting a little bit panicky about Trump about uh, Sarah Palin. Let him be buried first. Well, hold on, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people got a little panicky about Sarah Palin. Because she was getting traction, right? She was just some kook, and everyone laughed her off. And then all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, people are actually taking her seriously on this. And then they lost the election, her and McCain. Bad. And and everyone who was panicky about that, you know, I think myself included, kind of leaned back and went, oh, okay, don't worry, the system works, Right. We have a system that just naturally filters out idiots like this and prevents them from being anywhere near a seat of power. And here it did. It worked. Well, everyone thinks the system works when the person wins. Like the alarm. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that not the system worked in like Obama won, just that like somebody as crazy as Sarah Palin couldn't get into the office. Not the offices of the presidency, obviously, but even the, the vice presidency. And... So there, I think everyone kind of relaxed after that and said, and had more faith in in the in the system that this was just some crazy blip, right? But the alarm should have been witnessing how much traction she was getting. It should right? have been like, listen, if the system really worked, nobody would take her seriously as a politician. We've 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 seen ahead ten years. Might want to rethink this, everybody. Well, she. Ushered in the you are fake far news. right, the far right, which gave us the Tea Party, which gave us the ability for someone like Trump to step in and fill the void that they felt was there. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, I mean, it, it's 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 really all there is to it. And McCain, the kind- McCain knew that. That's I think that's one of the reasons he was because first of all, everybody has been that's talked about John McCain. <clears throat> excuse me since he's died, has said the same thing. The man was a no-bullshit type person. Like, you didn't come up to him and start with a preamble because he'd be like, look, I got shit to do. Get to, get to the point. And that's how he dealt with people. 
and he knew that even if he didn't intend for it to happen, he opened the door for Donald Trump. And I think that's why he was such a vocal critic of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And I really would, I would, I would love to hear, I would love to hear conversations from behind closed doors about what he really thought about that fucking jackass. His will starts with the lines. Sorry, everybody. Well, I mean, his last, his, his farewell statement. I mean, he, he walks up to the line of, you know, we can't keep going down the road we're going and, and let this division keep spreading. And we know what the fuck he's talking about. He just didn't give the prick the satisfaction of calling him out. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I, I agree with that reading of it, honestly, because while certainly, yeah, he's referring to Trump, you know, if Trump gets impeached, if Trump goes away, even if Trump goes to jail, possibly even worse if he goes to jail, it, somebody's going to fill that void. There's people lining up to fill that void. And now he's, you know, Sarah, Sarah Palin may have, uh, she kind of showed how far the, the reach on the right was, right? Like you can appeal to these uh, right-wing nut jobs that will believe conspiracy theories. You know, I think Republicans kind of in the past shied away from that and because they didn't want to be muddied themselves. And, uh, you know, she kind of showed that, like, no, look, you can get down in the dirt with them and people will still take you seriously for some reason. I don't know why. But, you know, she was proof that it could happen and, and Trump was proof that it could happen enough to get you into the presidency. But the... <laughs> I mean, taking the long view on this, like, this is proof of politics that work. You know, if Trump goes to jail, if he's impeached, if he's considered a criminal, he's an anomaly, he's a, he is, uh, you know, what fills his void is going to be possibly somebody who is squeaky clean but has the same, you know, horrible politics, right? <laughs> They'll just put in a xenophobe that hasn't committed crimes already. Well, I think we've proven between Obama and Trump that we are primed as a nation to just hop on that call to personality train. So the way you stop that is you get someone from the Democrats who people want to have a beer with more than the guy who the Republicans put up. That's all there is to it at this point. It, it, policy really doesn't even fucking matter. It matters to the to, 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 to the to the hardcore one issue voters. But I, I you can't tell me the same people that voted twice for Obama who voted for Trump are all closet Nazis, KKK members, burning crosses. Don't forget misogynists. Okay. Well you know, they I want to talk about Trump a little bit more, but before we get off of McCain, I think there's something else that we should mention if we're gonna talk about uh, his legacy, and I think one of the most important things that he did was speak out against the use of torture, because you know, even though he was just as complicit as many people were getting us into a fucked up war that we had no business uh, engaging in, he was against almost all of the Republicans who were like, look, waterboarding is just nothing. It's just, you know, you throw some water on people's face and the, 
and they tell you shit, <laughs> you know? It, like, they were portraying it, like, and in what you see in, in the movies, you know, like some, the, the, uh, the Russians would, like, kidnap Van Damme and string him up shirtless, right? And he'd be passed out, and they'd take a bucket of water and throw it on his face. Tell us what you know. Well, it's Bush W. had the, the, the infamous quote of a lot of what the media is calling torture is the exact same stuff I went through in my fraternity. Right. It's like, no, get the fuck out of here. No, it's not. And if it is, ew. That's a fucked up fraternity, yeah. Ew. What kind of gay-ass fraternity <laughs> were you a member of? Well, most of them right. were, right? Yeah, it, calling it out not only as inhuman and illegal behavior, but also ineffective, which we know it is. If you beat this fuck long enough, he'll tell you he started the Chicago fire. Look, <laughs> Don't fucking make it so. <laughs> no, absolutely. Look, when I was... Oh, gosh, I must have been maybe 10, 11 years old, right? Neighbors, next-door neighbors went away on a vacation, and they needed somebody to feed their cat while they were out, right? So uh, my mother was doing that job, and one day she left the key for me, and she was like, she had to go to work or something, and she's like, go feed the neighbor's cat, right? So I go feed the neighbor's cat, and I wasn't even, I was like, good you know i didn't even snoop and shit i just went and did the thing and like left no shades come, they, no pink they come back dress from, shirt right no, no I bob seeger but uh, i no it wasn't like a, a risky business type of thing so i feed the cat i leave neighbors come back there's uh, a bunch of candy bars missing that they had for like some you know, school sale or something like that. And so it, it must have been me, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, was there any my black mother, kids around? My mother was convinced that I took those candy bars and that I just wouldn't fess up to it. And enough wax with a wooden spoon, and I confessed to something that I didn't do. And I know that, you know, waterboarding and other types of torture are on a totally different level, but it doesn't change. And it doesn't even change when you're an adult versus being a kid. People beat on you enough. They inflict enough pain. You don't even have to think that you're going to die. You just say whatever to make it stop. Well, I, learned, anyway. I, I, learned, I learned that lesson a long time ago when I was young. If you admit to something you didn't do, you're going to fuck yourself. So I just learned to say... Hey, you can beat on me all you want. All it's going to make me do is wish I'd have fucking done it. And if you pissed me off, I'm going to do something even worse. There you go. I mean, it's it's kind of like when the, the, that, that infamous Michael or Michael Jackson, uh, Mike Tyson interview, they said, so you maintain your innocence in this rape case and blah, blah, blah. But you did, you know, four or five years in prison. You know, how, how do you feel? Well, after five, doing five years of prison time, I wish I would have raped a bitch. <laughs> And I was like, I get it. I totally understand it. If he if he did not rape her and he did five years, shit, I wish I would have raped her. Fuck that bitch. I, I mean... I, did you see any of Sasha Baron Cohen's interview with uh, OJ? <laughs> not an interview, really, but... <laughs> no. Oh, God. He dressed up as a, a, this Italian character that, uh, that he does. It's very misogynist. And makes like all these jokes. He brings out this like super hot 
girl that's like supposed to be his girlfriend and uh she's like saying something stupid and pisses him off and he's like you know tells her to get the fuck out of here and then starts like making all these things like yeah i wish i could kill her you know wouldn't that be great and like high-fiving him (laughs) 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 oj's just like he's laughing but he's like really nervous and he's like, Oh no, no, don't go there, don't go there and he's like, Yeah, you know, but I'd like to like literally slit her throat, you know. <laughs> he's like, No, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> well, I just wanted to mention the torture thing. The one thing that, that to me that speaks volumes about the man is the fact that he spent five years in Hanoi Hilton. Mm-hmm. And they came to him at one point and said, hey, we'll release you. And he said, no, you won't. Because the rule is first in, first out, last in, last out. And just because my father's an admiral, you're not going to release me because you're going to use that as propaganda and say, see, these Americans, look at them. They don't care about each other. And how many fucking people would have the balls to say that in that situation? Mm-hmm. That's balls. That is, that is, that's not, that's not playing pro football, playing hockey, skydiving balls that's you don't know if you're getting out of this and you've already been tortured and starved and beat and you're signing up for more of it because no this is the fucking code we live by that's real balls but most of them fucking piece of shit politicians in dc wouldn't know if they fucking got smacked across their face that's why I don't agree with a lot of the man's policies. I didn't agree with a lot of them. I did vote for him over Bush in the primary in Michigan in 2000. I'm glad to say he won Michigan. W didn't win the primary here in Michigan. But <laughs> you're like, don't bring a, don't bring us into this. But I mean, I, I, I have to respect that because I've been nowhere near that bad of a situation. But I've been in a really, really fucked up situation. And I don't know if I would have fucking, even my little pussy-ass situation, if I wouldn't have been like, fuck yeah, get me out of here. So, I, But once again, that's something that gets glossed over. Like, it's been brought up a couple times, but it's more it's brought up, you know, well, the, the unfortunately, the infamous fucking, I like my heroes not captured. Like, this is, this is, this is what, this is what enrages me about our fucking, about this, this fucking cock-sucking motherfucker in the White House right now. Everything's about him. And he's made it that way, and we play into his fucking hands every single goddamn second of every fucking day he's in there. He makes everything about him. Like, he is a draft-dodging piece of shit. He shouldn't even come up in the same fucking breath as McCain and the Hanoi Hilton. Yet, that's what they're fucking talking about when they talk about he, he spent five years as a POW. What... What dipshit fucking Cheeto had to say about him. Fuck him. I, oh, sorry. Yeah, just, no, I mean, Fox News, like all the uh, organizations, were reporting on this, you know, with respect. And, uh, you know, didn't. I, I think certainly a lot of stories got published over Trump's response to this. But that was kind of an anomaly. But you know, Fox News got criticized by uh, by right wing nut jobs like uh, Mark Dice and uh, Mike Chernovich, or however you pronounce his name, 
And they're going like, why is Fox News reporting on this like like any other viewers give a shit about this guy? Like all they know is that he's dissing our president, so his name is Mud. Yeah, because you know, if he'd have died while Obama was in office before fucking Trump. Like, the right wouldn't be basically dig- digging him out of the casket and carrying him around on his shoulders like Rudy. <laughs> I mean, give me a fucking break here. It's quite the yeah. mental picture. But no, because I mean, fucking God Emperor Trump fucking uttered some nonsense. Weekend at Johnny's. Chicken shit safety of his fucking Twitter fingers and his Twitter feed. Then, yeah, okay. Uh, well, then John McCain, he's a fucking asshole. They got sunglasses on the rest look. Last week, according to Fox News and and most Republicans, the most important story was that an immigrant came into this country and killed a white woman. And that's what everybody should be focused on. And then they realized that not only were they not getting any traction with it, they're actually getting criticized by the family of the woman saying, stop trying to politicize her death and make it into something that isn't. And even their facts fell apart when they realized that the guy wasn't even in this country illegally. And so now what happens this week? They don't care anymore. They spent all last week trying to make sure that that this was what you should care about is this woman's death. And then a week later, nothing. What? Because, it, because it stopped being a useful talking point to them. And, then, and yet there's people that will sit here and argue with me when I say that, oh, believe me. They, they, they do their best to manufacture bullshit stories and get them to go fucking viral and get them at the front of everyone's fucking stories that really don't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's fucked up. She's dead. Yeah. All right. But that's one death out of 325 million people. All right. It's a fucked up situation. Put the guy through his fucking trial. Sentence him. Let's move on. No, that's not what they're doing. No, no. We can manufacture outrage. Well, that's that, what we could do. Wasn't that tactic of both sides, though? I mean, no, it is. It absolutely yeah, is. We're picking out Fox News, but I mean, we, we could name four or five news outlets that are guilty of doing the same thing. Chris, that's why you could have knocked. Chris, you could, that's why you could have knocked me over with a feather that it was NPR that reported that that 240 school shootings statistic was bullshit. Because let's be honest. Yeah, weren't they NPR back in, usually when Parkland was going on? Weren't they one of the people sounding the alarm? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they were using those numbers in their reporting. Exactly. No, it's, it's, this is, sadly, I I think I've come to the conclusion that, you know, it's possible for someone to be right for the wrong reasons. But, I mean, there is a lot of bullshit news out there. And I'm not talking about the the bullshit websites that are made just to to fuck with people or, or Russian trolls or whatever the fuck. I'm talking about what we consider legitimate news. Legitimate journalism is a dying fucking art form, period. Yeah, well, what is it? Uh, well, today I heard a, a, a news clip where they, and I, I think it was on the Today Show, uh, the, she actually started it with, like, we can't verify this. She goes, but it's a story. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, journalism 101, if you can't verify what you're about to go on the air with, then don't fucking go on the air with it. Yeah, save that for uh, Entertainment Tonight or TMZ. Let them report, you know, rumors and innuendo. So, yeah, you're right. Dying art. If you, I mean, it, and, and there's people that will argue that, oh, no, man, no, no, no. Really? Really? You don't think the news is manufactured? Is cooked to piss you off? 
You don't think it's programmed that way? I, it, how anyone can't see that is is beyond me at this point. And it's it, it, sadly, Aaron, it was a very apt example, but it's just one of a million. And that's just been in the last couple months. I mean, how many how many times have, have there been stories that, that they tried to push and then they've stalled? That's why it blew my mind when Trump was like, the farmers in South Africa, the white farmers are having their land taken. That's a story from a year ago. We Almost a year ago. We talked about it on this mm-hmm. show. That was like, yeah. it had to be nine months ago. It had to be. It was still winter out. So, I, like, they're even trying to, like, resurrect the dead, like some Night of the Living Dead shit. Like, uh, we'll bring up something that happened a year ago and act like it's, it's, it's relevant to right now. It's, it's very frustrating. It really is. Because... To be honest with you, if I was John McCain's family, I'd have thrown every bit of fucking... Anybody with a camera at, 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 at my fucking old man's funeral would have been thrown the fuck out. I've been like, get the fuck out of here. You, there's no, you're not welcome here if you're depressed. I don't give, well, he was a senator, and I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. Either you get out or I move you to fuck out. That's your choice. There's no hey, discussion here. Uh, also, speaking of funerals, um, Aretha Franklin's... Uh, Funeral, finally. <laughs> Never <laughs> ending. Right. It's Day just turned into a second line. Yeah. <laughs> just tours. And I was listening to some coverage on the news today. That NPR had a reporter down there talking to people. And there's like rows of people that were there selling merchandise. Right? <laughs> like, <sighs> be, be blacker. Be, I'll say it. Be, be blacker. <laughs> There were people that, like, they talked to one guy who came up from Alabama, and he's selling CDs, like, like burned CDs and oh, T-shirts bootlegs? with their image on it. She's bootleg. Again, they be, asked, be, like, be blacker. Is it? They're, they're like, well, did you do this with any with permission of the the Franklin family and all? He's like, no, you know, but. <laughs> But, you know, this is the time of grief that people want to remember, and this is one way that they can commemorate. I'm There's just trying to... Someone selling bottles of water out of a cooler? <laughs> kidding me. You, like, it's the motherfucking Compton swap me. Like, seriously. Like, let's go get some bootleg Aretha Franklin albums at her funeral. Like, I thought the people, when they said, hey, uh, uh, so you're Aretha Franklin's funeral, how do you feel? And they start singing respect, and they're misspelling it left and right. I thought that was bad. R E S T C P. I mean, it's just like, oh my! It's like an Eddie Murphy skit. R E P E, motherfucker! You know how to spell it. I mean, it's just, it, oh god. But hey, that's outside. It's America. Ain't nothing more American than trying to make a buck off somebody's death, is there? Yeah, I guess not. Picked up a two I mean, piece. And a fago outside the funeral. <laughs> you, you got you got better made in fago out there with fucking oh. vendor carts. They could, they're great, both on grass. Get your great fago and your salt and vinegar chips here. <laughs> Jesus, no, it's uh, I, I to me the fact that like I get I guess I get it, but all this shit even with John McCain's funeral. Like I'm just like wow, all this shit. Really, is this is this is this necessary? 
Like, you know, they have one form in Arizona, then everything's going to lay in state in D.C., and then they're going to bury them at Arlington, and, you know, it's, oh my God. it's like, it's like, it's really? Like, I think like, that would be mortifying to me, actually. Like, you're going to parade around my dead body after I leave? Was it the like, James I, I, Brown's body that went on, like, a tour? As soon as possible? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, that motherfucker's on tour. They're selling shirts. Like seriously, like the, the the McCain death tour, JMC, yeah, twenty eighteen, R.I.P. And I mean the Aretha thing is like they got the first one, they got the whole casket open. She had a, they got her she had a wardrobe like change. Pumps. She had a wardrobe change. I, I was not fucking around with that. That that was not a joke, Aaron. <laughs> she is okay. in a different outfit. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh my god! I people are I, taking man, selfies and shit because. We're all doing terrible a shout now. She, she gonna do an encore? No, they're, they're gonna wanna... dig her back up in a week so everybody can crowd <laughs> around again, and somebody rips her wig off. Wait, I gotta, I gotta know. Is have anyone opening anyone for her? Pri- have you seen anyone doing the prison squat in front of her like casket, with like throwing up like the peace sign or something like that? <laughs> you know, you know, you know. No, it was the actual funeral itself was uh, invite only. Like is it finally over? Was today it? Yeah, well, I I think Friday is going to be the the final actual funeral. Well, they were they released the program. Yes, the program for her funeral. <laughs> the because like they added like Ariana Grande to sing like you know make me feel like a natural woman and 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 all this shit. And I'm just like, what? I thought the Michael Jackson funeral was bad. Like this is just. I don't know. I, I know, don't get it. I don't get it. Weird, I understand the idea of doing a tribute, of wanting to pay respect of all that shit, right? Um, Aretha Franklin was known as one of the most amazing performers of her time, certainly. She was not known as a songwriter, right? So to get a bunch of... What is the point of getting a bunch of singers together to celebrate her? A bunch of people that pale in comparison to her in talent could never do those songs justice the way that she did. I mean, it would be one thing if, like, you know, a fucking Burt Backrack died. A bunch of artists get together and perform his songs. That would be a fitting tribute, right? This is no, there's no fitting tribute. It's, what are you going to do? You, first of all, you're going to even, it would be almost shameful to even attempt to try and sing a, one of her hits better than she did. I, I don't know. You think a, a wing sauce was debuted at her funeral? <laughs> the mm-hmm, that's good wing sauce. Yeah, I'm mean, saving I, this for the tailgate, but this came up, so figured we try it here before I roll it out next weekend. Uh, I just, I, I, to me, God, please, if, if, when I die, just throw me in the incinerator, and then just I don't give a fuck what you do with my ashes, but like, just throw a party. Just party. Everybody get drunk, yeah, tell stories. Spend the money on the party. Yeah, not all this bullshit. Like, seriously, you can you can totally do me like Donnie and the Big Lebowski. Just put me in a coffee can. I don't give a fuck. I just yeah. don't care. It's just, it, don't waste all this fucking money. Yes. <laughs> yes. And on top of that, I just remember something that was, you know, said to me by a family member. And, it, I mean, it wasn't like an original thought on their part, but... It kind of struck home, or it struck a nerve with me, and it was, you know, don't wait till I'm fucking dead. Send me my flowers now. Don't wait till I'm dead. Talk about how wonderful I was and 
all that. Oh, are you fishing so for fucking, compliments? If I'm so fucking wonderful, pick up the phone and call me while I'm still breathing. You know? <laughs> hey, now that he's gone, I can finally tell you he was pretty decent, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris, I'm fishing for compliments. I'm going to start an Instagram page and me walking around in a thong. Well, no, that's, no, that's what I'd say to that person. Like, wait, you fish for compliments? Well, fuck it, yeah. What good are they when I'm dead? I mean, you know, and it's not, I mean, I guess it's it's different. Like, if something come, like when Chris Farley died, it came out that he gave a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money to charity. And yeah. Nobody knew it when he was alive, except for people that were, you know, he was handing the checks to. And it's well, like that's what you call true charitable giving, selfless ex- giving. Exactly. You don't take out a, a press release every time you give to somebody, you know. But it's like, okay, fine, you know, if something like that comes out, that's one thing. But like, just this, I don't know. It, it just it rubs me the wrong way. Uh, it, it just, it's like, wow, I get it. You want to honor the guy, and and or and you want to honor Aretha Franklin, and uh, you know I understand it, but it's just like it's just over the top. I mean, make a will, <laughs> make it so your family knows what you want at your funeral, because if you leave it up to them, it's going to be some bullshit. She didn't have a will. She's, she's gonna, yeah, I, that's she, what. I, yeah, that's she's what rich. I said. Wow. How do you not have a will? Pro, there are going to oh, be probate man, she lawyers. That family up. They're going to be probate lawyers. No, there's some Michigan law, like with kids or something, like they all get it equally. It's something yeah. like where it's all going to work out. Yeah, but somebody's going to have a lawsuit, to, you know, something to say about some of that money. Yes, there's going to be lawyers getting their retirement off of this fact that she doesn't have a will. They're going to be set for life off of that. Trust me. Because there's one thing that I've learned. When, when, when there's money involved and someone dies... It brings the worst out in everybody because everybody has their fucking hand out. And the thing is, the really sad part is the people who are really fucking mourning, people saying, I don't want a fucking thing because I just want them back, usually end up with nothing because of that. And really, those should be the people that get the fucking most. It's, it's kind of it's like people and anybody who wants power really shouldn't have it. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's the, that's that's the paradox of, you know the situation here but yeah i i mean i've i've seen and my my dad didn't have shit when he died but i mean i there was it was nipped in the bud fairly early but it it went from zero to wow this is getting ugly at a speed that i did not believe was possible and i stepped up and was like hold up y'all need to the, the two main people need to talk, and everybody else needs to get the fuck away from. Them, okay, this is this is how this is going to go. And for, thank God for once in my life, my family listened to me, and it, the right people got together and talked, and everything was worked out. Crisis averted, but it was very close. I mean, it was like the Bay of Pigs close. And I'm just like, uh, I I can't imagine the amount of money. She's got to be worth what? At least a hundred mil. Aretha Franklin? I don't know. And how many kids does she have? A lot. Oh, she does? She's got, like, B.B. King amount of kids? No, I think it's B.B. King amount. I think she's got, like, three or four, something like that. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, like, to me, like, you start getting around, like, over five, and I'm like, wow. Well, because of how she grew up, there's the kids that she wanted to have and the kids that she didn't want to have. Like, she was, I, I think she had two kids, like, before she was 13 because of a gentleman 
putting things where they didn't belong. Cause, Before she was 13. Because back in the day. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess her family's church motto must have been if there's grass on the field, play. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's okay. I didn't know that. That's horrible. Oof. But Sorry to ruin your Black Panther party. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that a 12 year old going through pregnancy. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a no. horror movie. That's a horror movie. That's, that's yeah. No, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. California got rid of bail this week. They voted to. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard that story. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of conflicted on it. So is the ACLU. I like the idea of no bail, yeah. but I don't like the idea of a judge can just go, and eh, nah, you're going to stay. Like, it, it's, 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 there's, it, what is it? It's based on an, an algorithm. Well, I, I guess you could call it an algorithm. What it's based on is, type of conviction and past behavior or or you know a record if you if you are uh, have committed some sort of violent crime well this is this is what we're guessing it's going to be like right this isn't in place yet but we've new jersey has been doing this for like the last year and their guidelines are basically if you are uh, accused of some sort of violent crime, then you're going to go to jail until you're hearing. Or if you have some sort of, you know, history of repeated behavior of the sort. Well, I know that there was talk that if there's any violence involved in it, that you probably won't, you probably won't be released. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I mean, that, that, that's that's one of those things that, like, really, because there's a big difference between a guy beating the shit out of his wife and two guys getting into a bar fight. And we're really going to keep two guys that got into a bar fight in jail till their trial? No, not necessarily. But if it's left up to the discretion of the judge, then it's the luck of the draw. You have a judge who's going to take everything into consideration, the context of, of why you're standing in front of him, or do you have a I'm, judge who's going to go, was... Did, was violence committed? Yes. Then you're staying. Well, yeah, but at a certain point, all of this is at the whim of some judge or a jury of peers or some sort. You know, no system's infallible, but under the, the current system that we've all lived with, you know, I spent a fucking weekend in a holding cell over a suspended license, a suspended driver's license. <laughs> you fucking criminal, you. Right. I mean, the idea that you are held, what <laughs> you're held unless you uh, can pay money to the government is kind of ridiculous because if you're talking about people who haven't even been convicted of anything yet. Yeah, but now it ter- can turn into you're held because I say so. It can. It can turn into that, and, and it's, I, I think that's no different than any number of ways that we think that the justice system can fail people. That's absolutely true. But to have the default to be 
you're held unless you have money, period. I mean, it's it's a step in the right direction, I think. Well, I think what's going to happen, and they're going to have to somehow amend this, is you're going to find poor people end up still staying in jail. And they're going to, and prosecutors are going to use every dirty trick. Well, oh, they're a flight risk. Really? The person has like a hundred bucks in their bank account. Where the fuck are they going? That's half a tank of gas these days. Get the fuck out of here, you know? But if you got the money well, for a I good lawyer to argue your point, you're going to be, hey, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Mr. Polanski can leave. He's not going anywhere. Well, I don't know. It seems to be working out well in New Jersey so far. Which is the first time those words have ever been uttered. <laughs> yeah, ever. <laughs> On the planet. In the history of New Jersey. <laughs> Old Jersey, even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I I didn't know about New Jersey. I'd have to look more into it. Well, I want to know how it's going to go in places like Texas. We're going to have more of well, the, I, the you know we know the law and order judge. We know the types that that's those are the people I'm worried about. Where, where it's just your call, where it's just the judges calling whether or not you get to go or not. Let, let me. It's going good in New Jersey. How's it going to go in Texas or Alabama? Yeah. Well, again, look. I, you have judges in Texas that are just completely ignoring the law in some cases, right? So, yes, you will have opportunities where judges will have their own concept of the law, disregard guidelines and sometimes actual concrete laws, and meet justice how they feel it should be. You know, that's that's not going to change. I don't think that that's a, a proper argument for getting rid of a bail system, though. It doesn't make the system itself more corruptible in any way. And they'll just find another it's, way it's, to make the money. It's equally as corruptible. It's, it's, <laughs> Let's be well, how is that an argument? How is that an argument against it, then? Is that what you're trying to do, is argue for bail because they're just going to get money out of you anyway? The infraction will double, and then when you can't pay it, you go to jail anyways. You know, a $500 fine is now a $1,000 fine. Oh, you can't pay it, uh, you go to jail. Uh, We don't really throw debtors into prison. No, we just put them on reporting probation for six months that they have to pay for on top of the fucking fine they couldn't afford in the first place. Yeah. That's what happened when I went into traffic court because my license has been suspended over a DM or secretary of state, excuse me, fuck up. And the judge was like, oh, yeah, they they messed up. Well, that's going to be $600 or else you got to go on reporting probation for six months. And luckily I had it. I was like, there you go. But I watched four or five people go up there and say, I don't have that. Well, six months reporting probation. Every time you see a probation officer, you get a bill for it. I, I have to question this. I, I respect I respect them trying to revise the bail system because it is rather fucked. I mean, I, I, there's a person I know right now who, you know, bail was set at a ridiculously high amount. A month later, it's reduced to a couple hundred dollars. What changed in that month? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you- how do you explain that away? The system is also used to get pleas out of people, right? Mm-hmm. You get a, you get accused of a crime, a bail is set, you can't afford to pay it, 
you sit in a jail until your trial comes up. Your trial comes up, and the prosecutor says, well, let's cut it your deal. You've been sitting in the cell for three months waiting for your trial for, you know, something that you might only serve three or six months for. So let's plea you out right now as time served. Okay, that's great. So basically then you said to the person, look, it's either you pay us or you go to jail. And you're also getting a, a, a guilty plea out of somebody who may be completely innocent of the crime. So, no, I mean, it doesn't – does it fix any other issues of corruption or having a system that's leveraged against poor people? Absolutely not, but it is a step in the right direction of doing that. Well, I mean, as, as we've all said, and I, change comes slow, especially when, well, it, when a, it involves the, the bureaucracy of the justice system. It's, it, unless, there's, unless there's money to be made or people with money pushing for it to move fast – the, the wheels of progress turn awful slow. So, I mean, this is a start. Right. And if you believe that this is positive change, then it should be something that should be applauded. That Because, first of all, this is difficult change to make happen, right? Because you have a whole industry based around that. Getting rid of the bail system in California means a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. There's a whole lobby, uh, there's a whole bunch of lobbyists that, that do their job on behalf of the bail industry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure if you're a bail I mean, bondsman, you're not too happy about this. So, if you want, and I'm not saying like, you know, we had any uh, say in this or any vote because we're not California residents, but if you're a California resident and you want your politicians to know that you consider this positive change and a step in the right direction, then you have to be vocal about that and support it because otherwise, what are they sticking their necks out for the politicians? Because that's what I consider they're doing. You know, you are, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, is uh, this one of those things that I'm, <clears throat> I mean, forgive me for, for coming off as callous. Am I supposed to feel sorry for bail bondsmen? Oh, no. I mean, I am certainly not sorry for it. I'm sure some people would argue that, like, oh, people shouldn't lose their jobs over this. And I'm like, look, if anyone's job is vulnerable. If you work in an industry that has the possibility of collapsing completely and you don't see it coming, well, then that's just your lot in life. I mean... I think it's something that everyone at some point or another has to deal with. Well, I yeah, and I I don't know. I I've just there's too much uh, it's 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 a it's a complicated issue for me because I'm like all right, when it comes to the the justice system and and trying to make it more fair, I the issue of bail or not didn't even come up in my mind until this was brought up. Yeah, like I can think of many bigger issues that we need to tackle yeah, yeah. first. Yeah, I'm stuck on the whole. You want to talk taking being leveraged against poor people? How about we fix the whole? You can buy uh, your lawyer's effort, in a sense. You know, the more or your lawyer's competence. Uh, yes, you know, the more money you got, the better chances of you walking out of there. You know, sleeping in your own bed. But that's what I'm bed. saying. Like, you're not wrong, but that's not... The bail has nothing to do with that. 
but your path is not one to success if what if that's what you want to accomplish, right? If if your attitude is constantly, well, that's not good enough. This is the same way that the the left is tearing itself apart. Nothing's ever good enough. There's already something critical to say, and no matter what type of positive thing or or sign of success happens. It's never good enough for everyone. That's why I said it's a complicated issue for me because I, I don't want to downplay it, but I'm just like, wow, that's okay. I wouldn't have started there, but yeah, that's a that's I you gotta start somewhere, I guess. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, it's I'm not shitting on it. I do. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I am worried. There's going to be prosecutors and judges who are going to abuse the system. Yeah. Like, you don't think we're going to eventually find, oh, hey, what a coincidence. Every person this judge decides to detain is black. You don't think why is that an argument against it, though? You don't think that's going to happen? No, I don't see why that's a valid argument against it. That's like saying, you know, that's trying to use one person to represent everyone. Right? This is the same thing that Fox News was doing when they were saying that because for this, something that's this designed to level the playing a, field white woman it's not leveling the playing field for those people it ne- there's no such thing as a perfectly level playing field there's only progress towards as level as it can be and then why get rid of bail money why do anything why try and make anything better there we go that's see is that what you yeah now you're thinking like us <laughs> fuck it dude let's have a drink <laughs> just be nihilistic about everything what's the point nothing no i understand what you're saying aaron and i understand you say it's not an it's not an argument to be used against it and i agree partially until it happens then then it's like okay now this is an issue because you have crooked prosecutors and and judges conspiring to keep people of a certain race or whatever or a certain social status in jail simply based on their social status or race yeah, now that's an issue. But you but can't what, make, you, you can't that's make what, laws what going we do away. with laws. That is what we do with laws. Like we make laws to prevent certain type of behavior that we don't want and then people find their way around it and then we expand those laws or modify it. Yes, we're constantly chasing down the the behavior that we want to abolish, right? Uh, some sort of corruption. It's never going to stop completely. That doesn't mean that there's no nobility in the pursuit of it. Well, like I said, when the stories come out that prosecutors and judges are fucking around and misusing it, we'll deal with it then, I guess. Because I, I, you can't. I, I understand what you're saying, but you, you can't. You can't board up your house all the time if there's no hurricane coming, or else you're going to live you, in a house with boards on everything. The only point in bringing this up is if you have some valid argument why the old system was better. That a year from now, when we hear about corrupt judges, we say, we should go back to the bail system. What's the argument for the bail system was better? If you don't have one, then you got to move forward and deal with the new problem. I mean, if you're accused of something like rape, and you come from a wealthy family, and now it's, well, that's considered a violent crime, you're not going to be released until your trial, whereas before... Yeah, bail might have been set at $2 million, but my family has 200000 has 10% to throw down on it. Or I can call a bail bondsman. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- then you're, those people, they're going to say, well, this isn't fair. Well, you're saying the people who can afford it. Exactly. It's, it's, well, it's yeah. nothing, nothing, under, nothing new under the sun. Money buys you freedom. 
money buys you justice, quote unquote justice. Right. I mean, this this. So you're coming around full circle now. You realize? Well, no. It's trying to level the playing field. My whatever, get it as level as possible. My concern is, is that your concern is like, that well, it can never be perfect, and that's what I'm saying. You're being like ultra liberal on this issue, where like nothing's good enough. The woman, the uh, Alexandria, has to apologize for saying something good about McCain. Ruby Rose isn't gay enough to play right. a gay to play a gay character. <laughs> yes, you're not the right type of lesbian. Sorry. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, but but see, here's the thing. Instead of addressing that, why don't we address the fact that that's how people feel? That's how little fucking faith in the system people have. Isn't that an issue that needs to be fucking dealt with? I mean, it, it, why is it we always go? Oh, well, you, nothing's ever good enough. No, no. Why do people feel that way? Is it because, is it a valid concern? Is it because we have a history of laws being exploited to keep a certain group of people down? Uh-huh. If the answer is no, well, then that's, that's an irrational fear. Get some fucking therapy. If the answer is yes, well, maybe we should deal with that as well. But this is part of dealing with that. Absolutely. It's the tip of the iceberg. Right. Like I said, my biggest concern is going to be people that are going to exploit it. My second biggest concern is there's going to be people that go, well, we did this. We're done. Nothing more to do here, folks. It's like, no, this is just the start. This is the beginning. There has to be a lot more done because the legal system in a lot of ways is fucked for a lot of people. I I guess I should more of that concern with you too, Rich, of the, hey, look, we did something. Problem solved, like, and then it still doesn't change the fact that you can still buy your own justice. But you're leveraging that argument on something that hasn't happened. I mean, I'm just... I'm not saying it won't. I guess that's the cynic in me, is just thinking of, like, it's... it's and too, maybe a lot of it's just based on history. You know, a, a lot of this seems to be based on, you know, and maybe just because it's California... So a lot of white people can get a lot of photo ops to be like, hey, look, we did something to help the poor and oppressed downtrodden. You know, you know, we get we get the tip of the spear, the tip of the iceberg, and that's all we ever get. It's it's just a, it's always just a tip. So I guess, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's where, my concern. That's where it's up to people who actually give a fuck about this issue to be villain, to, to be vigilant about this issue. You know, it's the Andy Dufresne theory. I'm going to write a letter once a week to, for them to give us money in books. Well, they gave you money in books. Well, now I'm going to write them twice a week. I'm going to, I'm going to double my efforts. If that's how you want change, that's what you have to do. Because change doesn't come from people sitting around going, well, boy, shit, I wish shit would change. That's not how shit works. And so you know, I, don't, I don't know the, the, the movement behind this that got this going. And I didn't even take into consideration, that, yeah, there, there is any, any business that is profitable, has people in politicians' ears via lobbyist? I didn't even take that into consideration until yeah. you brought it up. Yeah, absolutely. Bail bonds industry is huge. They have represented. They have representation in the way of lobbyists. And if you can, in a state as large as California, go up against that organization, then 
maybe they can do maybe something can actually be done about prison reform you know maybe we can stop making for prison pro, uh, for profit prisons because you know as much as the government may be incompetent at doing things i think it would still be better than a for profit prison because anything that you make for profit well what's the objection of it uh, the objective of it to make more profit how do you make more profit in this case you need more bodies so a for profit prison has a financial incentive to make sure as many people get into their jail as possible well i mean the for profit prison system is an absolute fucking disgrace well, ultimately wouldn't the government too wouldn't it always i'm, I'm not i'm just, again it just plain devil's advocate here because wouldn't eventually the government be supplemented based on the numbers of bodies in the government-run prisons no it's always just going to cost more taxpayer money well, yeah, that's what i'm saying wouldn't it just hey we need more oh we got more people we got to cover these costs taxpayers we're, we're you know we're raising the tax mm. You give us five more bucks this year. Well, you know, it's very interesting that... Like how nonprofits basically are funded. You don't spend the money, you don't get the money. So we got to spend all the money this year to get more money next year. I'm not sure I'm following you there. Yeah, how, I don't and, see and, and, how... A, a warden doesn't decide, hey, go out and get me more bodies. He doesn't, take, he doesn't gather up the guard and say, hey, tonight I want you to hit the streets... <laughs> See how many how many people we can get into? No, but this funding it like schools. Funding is based like wh- why they bribe kids to come to school on count day. Their funding is based on the number of bodies that show up on count day that they're going to get for the following year. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't government run prisons? Wouldn't government no. run prisons eventually turn into that? No, <laughs> because the, the principals and the teachers can actually do something and should do something about making sure that they're getting the kids into their schools. I, I think you're worrying about a problem that doesn't exist. There's plenty of prosecutors yeah. that are going to make sure prisons are full, whether they're for-profit or private. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Believe me. The point is, conversation, they, they figure out ways to fill up the for-profit prisons. But how, they wouldn't figure out ways to fill up the government-run prisons? No, of course it's they would. Not, it's not about figuring out ways. It's about incentive, Right. Right now, you have a system that incentivizes this behavior. Government may be corrupt and inept, but it doesn't have an, a financial incentive to make sure that you go to jail. If what the government has to do is the more people they put into jail, the more they have to turn around to their citizens and say, hey, we've got to raise these taxes on you. That's not a good look for any politician. No politician platforms on raising taxes, especially not to house prisoners. So there is no incentive to fill f- up those prisons. If you play on fear, you do. I will say this. I, I lived Maybe. in a part of upstate New York where the jobs just left. And it was so bad that they were campaigning for them to build a prison. And they were campaigning on, this is going to create so many job opportunities. Oh, sure. And I'm like, when, when, when you get excited that we're going to throw a prison in your neighborhood just so you have a place to work, you're living in the wrong part of the fucking country. I mean, that is that is that is fucking dark and dire, in my opinion. The problem is, is that you know, you have there was a, there was a case in Pennsylvania where you had a judge who presided over juvenile criminals, mm-hmm. 
there was a for-profit juvenile detention center. He had ownership stock in it, and he was sending every fucking kid there. Yep. Everybody that walked in his courtroom, boom, go. No, Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Just go to this detention center. If you have a government-run detention center, you're not going to have judges up there going, every kid I put in there is another you know, couple dollars in my bank account. Or every person I put in there is another couple dollars in my bank account. Now, I'm, obviously, that was illegal on that judge's part, but he got away with it for a hell of a long time. That's my problem. That's my concern with, with these for-profit prisons is that right. once you make it to where people can make money off of it, people are going to find a way to keep them prisons full no matter what. Yes, and if it was a government-run prison, then there would be no stock to buy. The, you know, no judge or anyone's retirement is going to be based off of how well any prison does. Well, there's also the problem of, at that point, the law and order party, the quote-unquote law and order party, the Republicans, right. they're going to they're gonna have to argue against their own fucking platform and go, we need less prisoners because we believe in smaller government. So we need to stop throwing nonviolent drug offenders in prison for fucking five, six years at a time. Well, look, you know, the Republicans might be unified, but it doesn't apparently stop them from uh, stopping on a dime and completely turning. I mean, this is the law and order party that's tearing apart the Justice Department and the judges. <laughs> These, Anyway. Well, yeah, we've talked about it before. It's awfully... Ironic that, you know, you got to support that thin blue line, you know, blue lives matter. And now it's like, nope, they're all corrupt because just because they're going after, they perceive them going after their, their guy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, once again, just, we just love wallowing in hypocrisy, don't we? That's just all there is to it. We just, can't, we just can't get out of that. Did you hear that Trump was considering suspending pay raises for government employees next year citing see one of them citing the the economy <laughs> as the issue because, right because the economy so like spend like spends a whole week talking about how well oh everyone should be praising me because black unemployment and all right, the stock market and the dow hit this number that nobody knows what it means but tr- believe me believe me believe me it's great and then turns around and says, no, you can't have a raise. We're doing horrible. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you guys know me at this point. I'm not surprised that anything that the man says yeah. at this point anymore. No, it's, it's, it's just more just dumbfounded. Like, it's more like things like, dude, you know we have video, right? And I think audio. They, oh, you, we know how oh, to scrub he's things. Contesting. He's saying that the interview where he confessed to wanting to fire Comey over the Russia investigation was doctored. Uh, uh, Adobe sell him a phone? Why not? Right. So, yeah, there's no, there's no surprise. There's nothing new under the sun as to what Trump will attempt. I think what's curious to me is, like, how far does that go? How far does that support go, rather, for Trump? Uh, do you still praise the president who said that you're not getting your raise next year? I mean, traditionally... Once it hits somebody in the pocketbook, then it becomes real. But that's that's they, so for his base. His base all has a giant, but well, two to three inch, maybe four inch hard yeah. boners right now, <laughs> because he's he's showing them he he's showing them 
Them Washington politicians, what for? He's hitting them in their wallets. I yes. got no money. They shouldn't have any either. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that this was going to like impact his approval rating. No, this is just riling up the bases. This is frothing them up. His ninety percent, his ninety percent approval rating that he cited the other day. This is just frothing up the base a couple months before the midterms. Hello. I forget how it was worded, but he basically said that he has ninety percent approval from Trump supporters. Okay. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> like, shouldn't that be 100? Yeah. Like, Me- means- <laughs> meanwhile, Jesus has 90% approval rating from Christians. You know, one out of every, <laughs> just one out of every Trump, 10 Trump supporters going, eh, not so much. Then he's not a Trump supporter. Right. That statistic should it's always like be saying, 100%. My mother thinks I'm perfect. <laughs> oh, God. It is it, it, uh, it is it is really just asinine. I just I, I just gotta shake my head at all of it. I'm just like really what? I mean I know it's 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 so well worn carpet on this show, but I just cannot believe the amount of people that no matter what he says, no matter what comes out of his mouth, man, they just lap it the fuck up. And I mean, I yes, I remember it being that way with other presidents, but. It it didn't seem like it was this many people, you know what I'm saying? Like I knew well, people who voted for Clinton right. twice who were like, "Yeah, I don't like a lot of things about the man, and I don't like a, you know a good portion of what he's done." But you know, overall, eh, he's improved on, on on some things. You know what I'm saying? Like it was there was able to be nuance in how do you feel about this person, and now it's just like, no man, you get you're all in or you or you're, you're you're not in at all, and I don't. Right. There, I think there was like a moral standard that groups of people have when they refer, uh, identify as like Republican or, or Democratic. And there were politicians that, you know, overlaid with those morals. They might overlap uh, for most of it, but, you know, maybe we don't like so much where they stick out on, on these parts, you know, this certain issue or this type of behavior. But overall... You know, out of my options for voting for president, this is the one that's going to do it for me, right? Now it's just gone to this is the person that we've decided to support. So whatever he does, I'm going to back. Mm-hmm. It's the complete cult of personality. There's, it's not even. There is nothing that Trump could do, literally, that could be wrong. Doesn't this all maybe come back to? To somebody like Bill Clinton, or shit, maybe even Kennedy. Well, I mean, I think you see some of that, and maybe it's just a question. Maybe it is just a question of degree. Just the blind faith of, oh, whatever. I think he's a good man. He's done good things for the country. Never mind the fact he's banging nine hundred women who aren't his wife. Yeah, but I guess the it, it just seems like more of a tipping point with Trump. The I, going, from, going from the idea of being willing to forgive and tipping over into like no matter what this guy does in his personal life or what crimes he may have committed to achieve his office, as long as he's talking about immigrants and abortion and angry liberals, then he's got our support. Building a wall. 
I mean, it's the one thing I have to give. I have to give the the I, I don't even call them the right. Just the, the Trump the Trump people, man. They 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 stay on point. They stay on message. They don't let petty bullshit rip them apart. Like you were yeah. talking about earlier, like the left is ripping itself apart because nothing's ever good enough. And this is the end result of this intersectional school of thought that everything affects everything else and nothing is what it fucking really is. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, what, what, you're, what you say and what you do doesn't matter. It's what you think. But we can never really know what you think, but we're going to fucking persecute you for what you're thinking anyways because we think you think this way. And you just, you just go, you shake your head and go, okay, you're a fucking idiot. I can't deal with you. You're a moron. And well, yeah, but Trump could be so much more effective, right? He is his own worst enemy, and if he wasn't such a bully that was ego-driven and could actually have people come up to him and be like, you shouldn't be talking about this shit, and you should really act more dignified and presidential because that's going to save your ass and keep you in office, then uh, you know he would damn near be uh, unbeatable. I don't. I don't think that anyone would be thinking about if he just had some sense of decorum, you know, and and not incriminate himself constantly. What was well, I telling I, you last on Saturday? Like, if I was in charge of Trump's team right now, like number one on the list would be stop saying collusion. Just stop it. Yeah, get it, get it out like, of your vocabulary. Stop he's bringing ending, it like, up. Every tweet in it, no collusion. <laughs> well, there's also the fact that. He comes out and says shit like, you know, if I'm impeached, boy, the economy's going to crash. Yeah. And it, I, I, I don't remember who said it, but it, that's like some straight up gangster shit. Like, that's a nice, uh, it's a nice shop you got. It'd yeah. be a shame if it caught fire. Well, it already is. He said, this, he said this, you know, the kink of the government employees are raises. So, clearly, it's running out of money. Well, I mean, I... Whatever he, goddamn, every week it's just fucking. He is what he, he is what he is. He ain't never gonna fucking change. His supporters are never gonna fucking waver in their support of him. The people who, who are maybe in the what the ten percent that don't support him, Chris, you nailed it. To the true believers, they never were a Trump supporter in the first place. So they've, in their mind, Trump supporters a hundred percent support Trump because that's just all there is to it. And it doesn't matter what he says, what he does, you support Trump. Yeah. Why? Because he's not that Negro Obama. That's why. Don't want no darkies running our country anymore. I mean, I, 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 I hate to. I, I, you know, I'm the first one to call out bullshit when someone's, uh, you know, falsely plays the race card. But I mean, two years of this shit plus however long he campaigned, and I, I've read enough of the fucking comments from his supporters and shit. And I mean, it's like they hate Hillary and they hate Obama. And it's this crazy bitch and that Muslim terrorist. So you can't tell me that that those people, it's not based solely on the fact that she's a female and Barack Obama wasn't white. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying all of them, but there's enough there to where it's like, yeah, that's a fucking problem, period. And just like we talked about last week with the Amans or whatever, the, 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 the Muslim spiritual leaders, when there's attacks, they stay silent. Yeah. The fact that Trump doesn't fucking distance himself from these people, yet it makes you look a certain way, dude. End of story. Yeah, whether whether it's because you agree with them or you just like their support, there's really no difference in the end result, right? Exactly. It should be looked at as the same. It's like you know, it, it, he, he, it's like the 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 first what unite the right rally, 
There's good people on both sides. No, you said the exact opposite of what you should have said. You should have said, there's a bunch of assholes on both sides. Yeah. That's the problem here. Okay? And they got together. And when assholes get together, guess what? Shit's going to appear sometime. Right. You and he would, have got, he would have got criticized for that as well, for saying there's assholes on both sides. But he would have been closer to the truth. Oh, I see. A bunch of people are about to get a ticket. That's what he should have said. Well, I did want to... You're disturbing the peace. I did want to talk about what's going on in Florida because, who oh boy. Like in general? NPR's, no, with the governor race. No. NPR uh-huh. and the guests they have on, when they talk about this subject, the people that, that look at politics as entertainment, this is their fucking Super Bowl for 2018. This is, I literally heard three different people on Wednesday being interviewed by NPR who said, this is essentially Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump. This is the election we should have had in 2016. Yeah. Andrew Gillum filling in for Bernie Sanders, Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis filling in for Trump. This is the far right and their candidate and the far left and their candidate fight. They've, they've got to stop <laughs> doing this. They've really got to stop trying to rerun the election and, and hope that we'll come up with a different result. Start looking forward, goddammit. And that's all this is. is it's, they want these people to be stand-ins for Trump and Sanders or Trump and Hillary because we want to see that, like, again, like Trump is just a, an anomaly, right? It was a fluke. And if we, you know, if we run this experiment multiple times, we'll find out that he's only like a one in 10 chance of actually happening. That's only 10%. Yeah, we can work with those odds. Things aren't so bad. Things are working out for us. But meanwhile, I mean, like, all you're really doing is, you know, you might get a little shot in the arm to the support of uh, people when your candidate wins these races that are, are representative of the larger nation for some reason. But every time you lose, then the right's going, well, see. This is why you continue to lose, because you're, you know, you can't get on the Trump train. Well, I mean, he has, you know, DeSantis has definitely entrenched himself underneath, you know, one of Trump's bat wings. So, I mean, that is that is without a doubt. Yeah. And Gillum is pushing just all the right buttons for the. I'd really like to call them progressives, but they're, they're actually regressives in so many ways. But he's hitting all the right talking points with the whole identity politics crowd. And, you know, he... Yeah, it's been 20 years since I lived in Florida. Maybe they, maybe the, the, there's been a, an enlightenment down there that I am not aware of. When I talk to my brother, I don't hear about it. But I'll just say maybe there has been. Because according to the first poll that come out, Gillum's got a pretty substantial lead in the polls over DeSantis, especially with independents. And there's only 9% to say they're undecided. I mean, he's got a 48% to 43%. I know I'm going to sound like fake news here, but I, since 2016, like, I, know, I, I, I take know. polls with a shit. giant grain of salt. It, I know, I know. 
Because two again, are we still calling people with a landline? I mean, well, that's that, uh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, so if they're making these calls in the middle of the day to fucking grandma and grandpa Moses who are just waiting for you know they're down there in God's waiting room, uh, I'm shocked that Gillum's got as much support as he does. Yeah, because. I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. You get outside of South Florida, you get outside of Central Florida, you got a whole lot of people who don't like them darkies, and they are not shy telling you about that. Florida's the the, the one state. The, the the more north you go, the more south it gets. Let's put it that way. You got the whole Redneck Riviera, Riviera and that Panhandle, Florida. So I mean, it's that's an interesting thing in and of itself. But to me, this is. <sighs> Does it, let's say Gillum wins. Is he even going to fucking make it his whole term? Or are they going to say, you got to run for president now? You beat, you beat the stand-in for Trump in Florida. You got to run for president now. 2020, man. I don't know. No, because you'd, have to be, the, you'd already have to be sowing those seeds for 2020. Yeah, I think we're still... It looks like uh, we're going to be deciding on uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders for 2020 for a liberal candidate. I mean, I voted for Sanders in the primary, but Jesus fucking Christ. At a certain I mean, point, he's they're going to die up. Soon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the other part. Everyone gets, like, is it Trump like the oldest president we've had at 71? Mm-hmm. And Bernie's yeah. older than him. Or it could be Camilla Harris. You never know. That's like one of the reasons I didn't vote for McCain, like 2008. Like, I don't want someone's going to die in office. Well, I'd have taken that chance if he had Lieberman as his fucking running mate. But <laughs> when I saw Crazy Sarah up there, I was like, like I might want to throw some dick in her, but I don't want her to run the country. Yeah. That's all there is to it. More my, vote was, my vote was more for like, I, my vote for Obama was more like, don't let that chick anywhere near the White House, please. Thank you. I mean, like, yeah, that's why Tina Fey dressing, uh, doing Sarah Palin was the greatest thing for me. Because, like, did you feel good about beating off? You know, well, yeah, because Sarah Palin did look pretty good in those uh, those outfits. You know, Nalen Palin. I had dug her look. It's yeah, just well, you know, it's a boner killer when you when that shit that crazy shit flies out of her mouth. Yeah. When she started winking at the camera during the debates, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, honey, you got to stop. I'm sorry. Like, I'm su- I, I'm really surprised that like Republican women weren't like, can this bitch set us back any farther? Seriously, <laughs> what's what's she gonna do next? Is she gonna give Matt Lauer a lap dance? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, if if you come to if you come to my rally, I, I, I'll, I'll get in a thong and take pictures right. sitting on your lap. You know, I mean, I, it's like I liked her in like uh, I want to stay after class. Type of thing. Not. I want you to run the country. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, didn't she fuck a pro basketball player? So you know she's down to do some kinky shit. Glenn Rice. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are pro athletes. They <laughs> vanilla sex and them parted ways a long time ago. So she's probably three input. Yeah. The only problem is you knock that bitch up. She's gonna keep that kid. <laughs> 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 And name it something stupid like Trigger or something. Like, stop naming kids after the fucking Lone Ranger's horse. What the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, hey, uh, I remember another topic I wanted to talk about before we run out of time. Louis C.K. had his uh, kind of comeback this last week. And there's a lot of people that 
told him to go away again. And I just thought I just thought that was kind of interesting. It <laughs> the attitude towards him, like to me, kind of came off of like Louis C.K. is a bad kid who's been sent to his room, right? And then that kid, like fifteen minutes later, comes creeping out trying to test the waters, and you. And mom's still mad. I was like, oh, no. You don't, yeah, you don't think this is just 15-minute time out? You don't understand the situation. And I, I mean, is that, he not allowed to participate like, in oh, capitalism anymore? Oh, uh, Louis C.K. Hasn't, uh, he hasn't you know, been properly punished. Okay, well, what does that look like and how? Yeah. Right? Who, who made you the, the arbiter of, of what... I'm not saying that after all, like I was kind of supportive of Louis C.K. when we first started hearing these stories about this behavior. I'm like, look, he did some weird sicko shit and he's sorry for it. But then finding out everything that came after that of basically trying to blackball people that he uh, did this to after the fact, this just, that's just vindictive and, and petty and creepy. And, Wait, whoa, I don't know whoa, 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 if I hold on, hold on, back, back this train up for a second. He tried to have the women the, that he jerked off in front of blacklisted. Yeah. Okay, because in order to to keep them he, from speaking out, who did who? Uh, okay, and this is according to who? Them. Or is this according to people that were like, yeah, he was like, yeah, I wouldn't work with this person. This person's an asshole. Because if it's according to them, it's like, uh, yeah, okay, sure. If it's third parties are like, yeah, you know, he was trying to keep these people from working. Yeah, okay, then fuck him. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't hear about, somehow I didn't hear about this part. But then again, I, you know, the, when the story first broke, it was he's running around masturbating like a monkey at the fucking zoo in front of anybody that'll fucking sit still, and that's not what happened. By the by, the, these these women's own fucking words, he said, "Can I jerk off in front of you?" And once again, half of them said, "Yeah," thinking he was joking, and the other half said, "Yeah," thinking whatever. And when he did, they were like, "Oh my god, this motherfucker's jerking off in front of me." Yeah, that's Louis C.K. beating it. I mean, is it a, a, a creepy move? Yes. But he admitted to it. If there was... And that's confidence. If, if he admitted to it and it was a criminal act, he'd have been charged by now. The fact that they said they consented but didn't really think he'd go through with it means that he didn't commit a criminal act. He had consent. But if he's trying to ruin people's careers, that's a different story. I don't know if there's anything legally that can be done. Well, what? you know, blacklisting is one of these things that's just practically unprovable, right? No, nobody puts puts it down in writing. It's so like I I don't have like clear examples but what, of uh, but, testimonies of this thing because none of this none of that shit exists. It's it's just one of those things like you hear enough stories about it. There's got to be something going on there. Well, no, I understand, but it's, it's like when it's like when Hillary and, and Bill went after any woman that accused him. That was not even thinly veiled. Yeah, they absolutely were out for blood to destroy these women's reputation. Any woman who spoke up, 
I mean, right. so if it was like that, yeah, then fuck him. And I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I think he's funny, but he ain't that funny, dude. Right. And and that's what I'm saying is like this is an individual decision, right? There's not a bunch of females on Twitter that are deciding who can, you know, go out and do comedy or not. Or how long somebody should uh, be "quote unquote" punished, or how, how somebody's like you make this decision on your own. You know, read some stories about Louis C.K. They're certainly out there. Come up with whatever you think the the truth is about this guy, and decide whether you want to watch if he if Netflix decides to give him a special or if he comes through town. You know, you have to make that decision on your own whether you want to support this guy. I don't think that I would anymore, um, based on the stuff that I've read. Who knows if it's absolutely true? I mean, because the worst but I've I, read was from Tig Tignataro. Is that her last name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it it wasn't about anybody being like him trying to derail or or ruin someone's career. It was about women who like what was it? Female comedians who were like, you know, yeah, he's a little weird. If he gets you alone, he's going to ask if he can jerk off in front of you. And if you say yes, he's going to do it. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay that, but he admitted to that. So it's like, if, yeah. that's the that's like the, 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 the scuttlebutt behind the scenes. That's like the worst I heard. And I'm like, if he admitted to it, then it's not really like, it's no longer a, a rumor. He said, yeah, I, this is what I did, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I'll look into it, but I... I I mean, it, I saw a couple of the people, the the fam- more famous people, on Twitter who said he should, you know, go away, and it was like Michael Ian Black, and I'm like, this ain't 2004, and you're not on I Love the 80s. What the fuck are you even talking about? When was the last time you were relevant to talk about anybody in the comedy world? Well, Stop trying Mike, to get your name in the news using Louis C.K.'s stand up set. Michael Ian Black uh, wrote an opinion piece about why he thought that that he that Louis CK should have a chance to come back and then turned around and apologized for the story later on Twitter and admitted that he uh, now thought that he was wrong after you know ironically a bunch of people made <laughs> it, it's almost kind of like a, a reverse blackballing right like if you support this guy then we're going to make sure that nobody goes to see any of your i don't know what you're doing <laughs> Your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> like like Drew says on his show, everybody's got a fucking podcast. Right. <laughs> One day we're living in a world where it'll just be regular bald and regular listed. Right. <laughs> we're gonna be so. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was interesting because this is, I guess, not the first. I mean, we saw, uh, um, what's his name, House Cards, dude, Kevin Spacey. Um, Kevin Spacey, right? He actually, somebody gave him a job, put him in a movie. They released the movie. It made like $125. Okay, but hold on. Time out. Yeah. Let's, let's, they released that movie in like a hundred and some theaters. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, okay, so they, so a dollar they theater. Put, they put him in a, yeah, they put him in a movie. They can only get his movie into like a hundred theaters. So it makes next to nothing. I mean, that is essentially killing his career, right? He has, nobody's going. Nobody wants to see Kevin Spacey anymore because they just think he's a creep, and that's 
how Louis C.K.'s career is going to be decided. Not because somebody on Twitter or a bunch of people on Twitter got together and decided, that, no, 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 he didn't do it right or he didn't apologize enough or he's too much of a scumbag or he didn't... It, they don't decide what the punishment is. Only only we collectively decide and we vote with our dollars. Well, I mean, I can if tell Louis you this. If Louis C.K. rolls through town and five people show up, he ain't rolling through town no more. His career is toast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He'll be appearing in the Chuckle Hut in Oklahoma <laughs> for an audience of 10 people. No, I mean, look, here, here's the deal. If, if the story is he asked if he could jerk off, they gave him permission, he did it, he admitted to it, and that's the end of it, how, how much more sorry you want him to be? He, he, according to... So many people that I've I've read their opinions, you know, th- we want men to take responsibility for their actions. Well, he did exactly that. Now, if he did went above and beyond to shut these people up via ruining their career, ruining their reputation, then that changes how I feel, and I'm right there with you, Aaron. Fuck him. I probably won't watch another one of his specials. I, I, I mean, the whole country's going to have to tell me it's the funniest shit they ever saw for me to watch one of his specials, I guess. I don't know. I just... Mm-hmm. I, and I mean, I, de- I definitely wouldn't buy a ticket to see him. I mean, that's just not happening. So I don't know. I, it, you you, you kind of, like I said, you, you threw a you threw a curveball at me. I didn't know that there was accusations of him trying to like silence his accusers. That's yeah. a different story. That makes that apology look even more fucking hollow than the most cynical person thought it was in the first place. That's like, oh, you got caught twice with your hand in the cookie jar. So you really better fucking make your, you know, lay yourself low in front of the fucking the mob before, you know, they pull you apart. Have you drawn and quartered? Because even in his apology, did he mention anything about that in his apology about trying to ruin people's career, silence anybody? No, I think that shit came out afterward. Okay. Um, not allowed to like like him at my house because he's been mean to. He's been notoriously mean to female comics, so watching him at my house, I have to watch him on my own. And I just go along with Bill Burr. Some chick was interviewing him, and she goes, can women be funny? And he just looks at her like she's retarded, and he goes, yeah, women can be funny. Well, you know, there's so many men on the internet who says women can be And he's like, you know what? Just shut the fuck up. Start your own shit, then. If you wouldn't let me into your all-woman comedy club, you know what I'd do? I'd start my own comedy club. Funny's funny. Stop with this bullshit. A funny person's a funny person. Stop it. And, and I'm like, exactly. Who the fuck cares what trolls on the internet say? That is their job, is to be miserable assholes on the internet. Why are you listening to them? You don't listen to 90% of the other shit you hear on the internet. All of a sudden, these people's fucking opinion carries weight with you. What happened What happened? to sticks and stones will break my bones? Have, have we just completely given up on that? Is they even teach kids that anymore? No, now they teach kids words hurt. Well, that explains why I've heard from a lot of younger people, words are violence. And I'm like, I'm about to show you violence. Check this out. Bow! <laughs> that's violence. Slap the shit out of you. There, there's, That's violence. That's I, textbook. Mean to women comedians. Do they realize where he comes from? The group of comedians he comes from? They're mean to everybody. They're mean to each other. That's, how they, that's what they do. Go back and watch, go back and watch uh, uh, on YouTube, The Tough Crowd. Colin, Colin uh, Quinn's show Tough Crowd. And watch them comics. They don't even really tell jokes. They just rip on each other for fucking 30 minutes. And this shit's hilarious. Like, that is... 
that is that form of comedy. You know, there's the corny ass comedy, there's the prop comedy, and you know, there's like there's different forms of it. And then there's just that mean shit. Like we were talking about the Roseanne thing. That's where Roseanne comes from. That that prison mentality in the green room with comics. You use anything you can against the person next to you to get a laugh out of the rest of the guys. Well, oh, excuse me, I don't want to be gender specific people. I don't. I, okay. It doesn't. Yes. Yes. I mean, is is it going to get to the point where Bill Burr isn't going to have a career because he says mean things? I I bet the clock's ticking on Billy. He's he just turned fifty. He don't care. Although he did just have a kid, so he might care a little bit. I I don't know. I I, I guess I I guess I'm because I don't really pay attention to the quote unquote hot comics. I don't know who's considered like the top tier comics anymore. But does he have a pass? Because he's married to a black woman, so he gets away with a lot more shit. He's got I, a, he's got a buffer. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, like you know, guys like guys like him, Doug Stanhope, those those type of guys, Burt Kreischer, those type of guys. I guess they're just they're not right at the forefront of the national consciousness. So they can get away with some shit because I, I just I don't see the backlash against these guys and these guys are exactly as far as I've ever seen of Louis C.K. exactly like Louis C.K. as far as how they talk about other comics and shit and rip on people. So I don't know, whatever. Well, a bunch of people know. If you're a bunch of people no at- sense. Sorry, Rich. Go ahead. So let a bunch of people with no sense of humor tell me and the rest of the world what we're, what we're supposed to think is funny. If your stick is being an asshole, are you allowed to get away with it? Is that what you just have to do? Built, built, built in being an asshole into his stick? Kind of. I mean, it's like, what would Don Rickles be if he didn't rip on everybody around him? A racist, xenophobic, homophobe? But yeah, Don Rickles was friends with everybody that you just labeled him as hating. Yes. I mean, Jesus Christ, I, I think him and Bernie Mac were like really tight and i mean i don't think bernie mac would have really hung out with him if he was legit legitimately racist oh god stay out of just stay if if you're easily offended just stay the fuck away from comedy for all of our sakes for your sake for our sake please just uh if you don't like something don't fucking give it don't don't give it attention don't pay attention to it don't give the person money Whatever the fuck. That ship has sailed, Rich. I know. That's what four years of doing this show has taught me. That ship has sailed. That ship has sailed on a Viking funeral. It was on fire when it left the docks. Uh, it's, it's just, it's really, it's really pathetic. You, you know, uh, you can't win either way. In that, the whole uh, Comics Gate uh, situation that I was talking about last week. So there was this conversation that was kind of being had on Twitter about why more people weren't speaking up against, uh, against Ethan Van Shriver and, and his followers who describe themselves as comics gate. And the response from a, a lot of, you know, well-known and good selling comic creators was that we don't even want to give them the time of day. This isn't, this shouldn't even be discussed. These people can just, you know, rot in darkness for all we care. But that wasn't good enough. You know, the people were demanding that, you know, 
that successful comics creators have to make their voices heard and use their platform to speak out against these people. Nobody has to do anything. It is that. So, a lot of them did. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, who is an old school guy, goes back to you know the New Mutants comic books that I grew up on, and a fantastic artist. He was one of the big names who spoke up about it. Jeff Lemire, who is one of the current like best-selling and most prolific writers on the market, both had statements about it. And then even those statements got criticized, right? Because <laughs> it wasn't enough that they now spoke out about it. But what they spoke out it was, about was that there was no, there was no place. It was basically like at some point somebody had just made a, a general uh, copy and paste statement that a bunch of creators are throwing up. And it said that there's no place in, in bigotry, homo, uh, homophobes, uh, people against transgendered. There's no place for any of that in comics criticism. And the fact that they refer to it as comics criticism, then there were, uh, a bunch of people were upset at that. Well, oh, now, this isn't even criticism. These people aren't critics. Now you've validated them by by <laughs> calling them critics. Like, they're so... They're, like, what the fuck? You know, we said we didn't want to say anything because we didn't want to validate this nonsense behavior that should just go away. And now when we've done, we've done so at your behest and done exactly what you said was going to happen, validate them. Now you were being criticized for that. <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm going home. That's the next person's tweet. Right, which is why I can sympathize. I mean... If I was a comics creator, I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to go back to writing or drawing or whatever it is the fuck I do <laughs> and forget about all this nonsense. You know, it's, it's, and it's ironic because it's, 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 isn't it usually the right that's like people on the right who tend to go, just shut the fuck up and play football, shut the fuck up, act in your movie, shut the fuck up, draw your comic book. I don't want to know about your fucking, your politics and what you feel about situations. If I, if I do, I'll ask you. Yeah. You know, now you got the left that's so critical, so hypercritical of, of, of anything that's said, these people are shutting the fuck up. Right. Well, right. They're not saying shut the fuck up and go away, but every time they speak up, they're going, you're wrong. They, they, <laughs> and, they, 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 and then the result is the same. They're like, all right, I'll just go away. Apparently, my, my opinion's not valid. Remember when uh, Dana Carvey did the McLaughlin group on mm -hmm. SNL? Wrong! And the shtick was just every time somebody talked, they were wrong. That's just what it is now. Wrong! Open your mouth. Wrong! Well, you know, I, I did watch a video about that, that specific tweet. I think it's... I'm not advocating for the guy's channel. I just I literally remember it because I, I watched it like an hour before we started tape or recording. Mm -hmm. um, it's Weaponized Nerd Rage. Okay. Something like that. And he, and he was basically like... The, the name of the video was, you know... The, 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 the usual suspects triple down on the insanity and basically said exactly what you said. Like, you can't win with these people. There's no pleasing them. So why try? Say what you feel. Move the fuck on. Because if you try to keep them happy, you can't tap dance that fast. Right. Like, there's, 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 it's not going to happen. Like and that is also, like, the, those creators that you're asking to speak, they're already doing their jobs, Right. The, Jeff Lemire is writing comics that involve people that aren't straight, white, muscle-bound males, right? He's representing diversity 
in his comics. That's his voice. How are you going to criticize him for doing any of that shit? He's making the comics that you want to read, not the comics that Ethan Van Triver or any of the comics case guys want to read. But he's making the comics that you want to read as somebody who thinks that comics should be more inclusive. And guess what? His comics are fucking selling. I think Bart and Lisa are feeling a little upset right now. Isn't there something you'd like to say? They're serious. Kids, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is... Never try. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lesson being learned, I think. Well, you know, look, if if he is inclusive, I guess that that would be the word, in his his comic book writing, Mm -hmm. and he's selling, more power to him. The problem is, is when you try to pander to a group of people who were never going to be your fucking fans in the first place. They're just there to, to stir the pot. That's the problem. And I'm not saying that there are comic fans who, yes, diversity and et cetera and, and, and being inclusive is very important too. And there's people who aren't fans of comics who hop on this. this the, they look at this as an issue to, to pick up the, the flag and fight for. And they're not going to read your fucking comics anyways. And when you start giving in to these fucking demands and you end up losing your core audience because people don't like bullshit and 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 being pandered to or being told that when someone points out you're pandering to somebody this isn't genuine on your part shut up you're homo you're homophobic you're racist you're misogynist people are going to go fuck you and leave and i mean that's that's the lesson that people need to learn it, do what you feel and let the fucking cards fall where they may well they are and the comic market is expanding i mean It's expanding yeah. because it's appealing to more people because people are realizing that there is a, a multitude of different types of comics and types of heroes and all that stuff. Yeah, but you have people who are now going after things like D&D because there's an, in one of, their, one of their source books, there's a magic item that allows you to, to change your gender from male to female or vice versa. And they're up in arms that that's not that's not tra- that's transphobic, that's genderphobic. There's more mm-hmm. than two genders, and people in the D and D community, rightfully so, are going. Do you understand how D and D works? You can do made any up. fucking thing you want. It's fucking made up. If you want, well, right. It's like Monopoly. Everyone's got their own house rules. You know, one of the guys who uh, I was watching the video about it, he was dumbfounded. He said, "When I used." Th- to run gaming night and i was the dungeon master for gaming night at my local comic book shop i literally had people come in with dragon kin half furry characters and i didn't give a shit because it's D. &D. it's made up it's it says in the rule book these are guidelines but you're only limited by your own imagination yep period end of story like we yeah we we use those guidebooks or rule books or what have you as you know general guidelines for setting up the universe that we wanted to operate in but we never went back and referred to them there's no like wait a minute you can't roll for that there's nothing in the book that says it you know you might have an argument with your dm and ultimately you know it, it might come down to a, a democratic vote or maybe just in a, a Maybe just the DM says, no, I'm not going to accept that. Never piss off your DM, but, man. 
but it's, your term's uh, gonna suck. If you piss off. Yeah, the it's all fucking. It's all fucking made up. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the point that these guys were trying to make, and I I applaud them for for pushing back and not just laying down, because one, obviously, these people aren't D and D fans, and they don't play D and D. And how do I know that? Because they don't even understand what we just talked about. You can do anything you want. That is the point of fucking the game. All right. Yeah. It's all there. It, it's you are you are literally writing your own story. That, that is what you're doing. And yeah, fuck them. I'm sorry. Get the fuck out of here. Take your bullshit. Take your nonsense and go someplace else. Because I don't want to fucking hear it. I'm. I, it's ridiculous. And on top of that, stop trying to ruin a good time other people are having because you're a miserable fucking cocksucker. Jesus, God, can anybody have any fucking fun without people coming over and poo-pooing it and going, no, you know, you're having fun at somebody else's expense because, you know, historically, uh, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up, okay? I'm, I'm literally playing an elf thief, something that doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah. Right? I rode a dragon here, okay? Are you fucking serious? Like I like <laughs> well to uh to wrap up on something that is actually a little more fun. I wanted to ask you Rich, you you've caught up on Castle Rock, yeah? Have you watched yeah. the the most recent episode? Yeah. I was curious how you felt where the show was going because it seems like it's it's taking quite the turn as of episode 6, right? What was it episode six that was the one where uh, that ends in the main character being thrown in the, the quiet room? Yes. Right? Okay. I don't know. I, well, I guess I just wanted I wanted your, your feelings on uh, episodes seven and eight. Well, first of all, I read an article with the showrunners that said that they will wrap this story up mm-hmm. by the last episode. There won't be a bunch of jj abrams type you know unanswered questions and you're going scratching your head going what the fuck or a twin peaks like we're making it up as we go along and it's pretty obvious at this point right to me i think they've they've six was the best episode so far and i think it's going to be a hard to top you agree with me on that one yeah okay yeah i think it's going to be hard to top that episode and that's kind of what i'm wondering like is it everything's just going to be downhill from this great episode or is it really kind of going off the rails the way I... I mean, episode seven was a little more conceptual in the way that it was... And, and they did the kind of tease that, that modern shows can do now. They set you up with a cliffhanger. It's kind of something that The Walking Dead po- uh, really popularized as a technique. Not resolving that cliffhanger in the next episode. Yeah. You know, It's like, oh, Carl might die. And tune in next week... To see a whole episode about Carol lost in the woods. <laughs> exactly. It drives me nuts. So I stopped <laughs> watching that show. Right. So, But I got it. You know, I, I went along with it. I was a little frustrated because I wanted to see what was going to happen next. And they left me hanging for that extra week. But I don't know. It's something about this, the, this last episode. They spent... All these up, all these hours, kind of weaving together this story, where all these weird things are interconnected, and you really don't know what's connecting them, right? And episode six starts to give you that peek behind the curtain as to what's connecting all of this weirdness in this city. 
And then it just doesn't run with that, right? It leaves it kind of just a lot of things unsaid. And there's a lot of things in the, even the plot structure of the last episode that were just left unresolved. You know, uh, Sissy Spacek's character shoots her lover and then does what? What do the cops do? Or does she, was she even questioned? Like she just kind of disappears for the rest of the episode. There, I don't know. They, there were a lot of things that bothered me like that. And, you know, sometimes a good show can have these dangling plot threads and you don't even notice because the show is just that good. And maybe this show isn't that good that can it can support that kind of, you know, it's not like David Lynch good, right? If I was really worried about dangling plot threads, would I have ever watched a David Lynch movie or watched Twin Peaks? No. He's not exactly known for his resolutions. Well, the, I, but but I, the directing and the actors that he gets in these in these scenes that he creates are so brilliant that they and engaging that it kind of putties over all those holes. See, I'm coming at it from like an Uber Stephen King nerd mm-hmm. aspect. Um, I haven't looked at a master list of like Easter eggs, but if I did, I'm pretty sure I've got. I, I'm probably in like 95 percent. I've gotten. I've picked yeah. up on even even the chapter nineteen that flashes for a second. Nineteen is a number that that figures heavily into the Dark Tower series. I mean, but it's it, it's in the beginning, it's in the intro when they're like you know, and underlined you know they're showing the books with the underlined stuff and pages right. and stuff. Um, I think what's what happened, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's what happening is they wanted to include so much in the Stephen King universe, which is all interconnected, mm-hmm. that. They're getting lost in that, and now that that has, now that they've kind of played their hand, and you know, if you're a Stephen King fan like me, you know that that, that this isn't by accident. This is all by design. This is on purpose. Okay, great. Where's the story going? Right. Because once once the novelty of the hook wears off, I I want some meat. I just don't want gravy. You know, I appreciate the gravy on my mashed potatoes, but you know, I want some meat to go along with it. And I, I, I'm kind of with you. I was, to be honest with you, I say I've watched the last episode, episode eight, but I fell asleep like for the last 15 minutes and I just haven't rewatched it yet. But I mean, it's yeah. like that, that is, that wouldn't have happened up until this episode. Yeah. And, you know, I stopped watching, I, like shows like the fear of the walking dead has been like really up and down. There'll be like, a half a season that I think is just really great. And then the next half of the season is just nothing. And I came back to watch the second half of this most recent season. I watched the, the uh, premiere episode of that. And like you said, I fell asleep halfway through. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, it can't be that engaging. So I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm not saying that I've soured on the show, and maybe it busted its nut too soon. Maybe a lot of what was in episode six they should have left until the end, and kind of had everything resolve at once. It's almost like they kind of want two resolutions. There's kind of there's somewhat of a resolution to what's behind the mystery of uh, of the Deaver kid, and now they're going to do 
you know, what's up with the mystery man, the guy who doesn't age. Yeah, Pennywise. And, <laughs> and uh, right. And, Which is weird because I still see him and I'm like, Pennywise, even without the makeup, you're a creepy looking <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and you're Alexander Skarsgård's younger brother. He's like a sex symbol and you look like a child molester. Yeah. And maybe this all will work out. And But it, it seems like they tried to break Instead of where I think traditional storytelling, they would have found a way to make this all resolve in one final climatic episode, right? And maybe they're trying a little, something a little different. And maybe over the course of by the season finale, I'll take all my words back and say, you know what, this all was uh, actually just really executed, and this just happened to be a couple little bumps. Well, like I said, as a as a huge Stephen King nerd, episode six confirmed that this series has taken place in the the Stephen King universe that the Dark Tower is at the center right. of. And I was like, oh shit, here we go. Like, are they going to have the balls to go full on with this? And what I'm now afraid of is that they're going to... Because there's Stephen King fans who've read everything he's ever wrote, but for whatever reason, won't pick up The Dark Tower. And it's a surprising large number. And I'm wondering if they're like, okay, well, we're going to throw this in here and throw these references in here for the really the really hardcore nerds to nerd out on, but we're really not going to go whole hog with it. Yeah. And if that's the case, and it just turns out like, you know, this is all due to something that has never been brought up as of yet in the Stephen King universe, I'm going to be like, wow, I feel really let down. Right. Yeah, that's the question that remains to be answered, I think. is, And maybe we won't even really know until they do another season, because they have signed on for another season uh, of a totally different story, anthology style. But is this actually something that's a story that's meant to interweave into the Stephen King universe and enrich it or just merely use it as a jumping off point to tell some horror stories yeah and I'm and the Easter eggs don't prove any of that Easter eggs might even work against that case of deepening the universe I I, yeah and like I said I my fear is that it's it's the latter yeah and I'm like I like I, that's kind of what happened with Haven and Under the Dome. It's like you know you have source material, and it's fine to deviate from it. I understand it. Like eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, know, which the, I just started watching today. I watched the first episode. Okay, um, you know obviously they deviated from the book because they had to to make it a more cohesive story to tell on mm-hmm. television. I had no problem with that. They ultimately stayed true to the source material. To me, it would be a giant waste of an opportunity to to have, for, through the first six episodes, basically stayed true to the source material of his universe that he created, cock tease that they're going to go full on and give you some, right. and then at the end leave you with blue balls and, and go, uh, what do you, we don't know, what, what can we tell you? You right. know? And it's like, and then, and then next season is a completely different story that has nothing to do with this story. And it's like, I, especially since, like I said, I read that article from the showrunners, and they're like, "Your questions will be answered by the last episode." That's the way we're doing this. We're doing this on purpose that way. We're not going to leave you hanging, right? So, 
I don't know. I, I'll have faith until the last episode. If the last episode ends and I'm sitting there going, what the fuck? It's going to be a hard sell to get me to get really interested for season two. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's a, definitely a tightrope that they're, uh, they're walking here. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like you, they, you, you have to resolve your story with the characters that you have in this story. You have to resolve that, but leave the the deeper universe a little bit unresolved, so that people will want to come back. Yeah, you know, and like I said, you know, season two is like another creepy, murdery mystery thing that they can wrap up in one season, and they just throw some Stephen King references in to keep it weird. That's, I don't think that's really ultimately what the Stephen King fans are looking for. They're not looking for a nod. They're looking at something that deepens that universe, that adds to it, that builds upon it, doesn't well, I, just siphon off of it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of having, uh, like the same feeling about this show that I felt about True Detective. Because mm-hmm. I think miniseries, anthology series, every season there is that one episode that is just the episode. Yeah, you know, for for me, it's like Band of Brothers. It's the ninth episode out of the t- out of the ten run, you know, ten episode run. That's the episode. So far with with, with Castle Rock, it's episode six. Yeah. Um, the first season of True Detective. I mean, I was completely fascinated by. It. It was the it was the first time in a long time I would get off work, come home, and I had to watch the new episode. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear shit. Leave yeah. me alone for an hour. I'm watching True Detective. And then they had that episode in the middle of this of that of that season, and it kind of didn't go the way I thought it was because there was all these hints that like you know there was going to be some sort of supernatural whatever, and. I think they tr- they did a decent job of saving it at the end when Rust is talking to his partner and he's like, you know, when I went into that blackness and I felt like the presence of my daughter and there was something more there. Yeah. Basically, you know, the, the atheist becomes the agnostic and he's like, there's something after this. I was like, okay, you threw me a bone. But then season two come out and I was like, and I understood it was an anthology series. It was going to be a completely different story. Season two come out and I was like, I... Second episode, I, I tapped out. It's yeah. Like I'm done. I can't. I, I can't do it. It like, was, you know, season two wasn't a bad story. It was just like it was a story that we've gotten over and over again, right? It was just like Vinny Vaughn? another one of these. Well, but yeah, the story is, you know, so, some good people and some bad people. Some of them cops, some of them criminals. They all get entangled in the same bullshit, and a lot of people die. And there's no real deeper mystery there. And I don't know, like that first season of True Detectives set a template that the second season completely ignored. I'm really curious what they're going to do with the third season. Uh, The oh God, I'm going to fuck his name up. What is his name? The guy who's. Playing one of the leads, man. I mean, look, they're long ass forename. I saw it the other day. He's Masala? got a Sala. He's is got that? a serious African name. Like that's not an American version of an African name. That's like an African name. I like it's it, fuck you, Eddie. I don't know if I could <laughs> pronounce it even if I wanted to. I'd have to hear someone try to you know tell me how do you say that. 
Yeah, you know. but I've you know I've seen him in shit, and he's great. He's a great actor, and I'm really looking forward to see what they do with it. Well, I know but, but I'm hoping they get some of that season one weirdness back in and not do the season two procedural. Well, and you know that's that's one thing I noticed in the preview that I watched for the third season is that there was him at a younger age, there was him at an older age, and I'm like, huh, where have I seen that before on this show? Yeah, you know, and I think it worked really well in the first season. So if it's the same people and they're like, okay, we did season two and we did more of a just you know in your face straight down the line, yeah, you know whatever, we're gonna go back to mixing up the timeline, chopping it up. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Oh, you know, maybe there might be some hope for it. But I, and here's the weird part: I have friends who could not watch season one. I mean, they were like, they couldn't make it to the first episode of season one. They're like, that is unwatchable. That is a, the right. absolute most horrible show I've ever seen. I'm like, really? Yeah. But they love season two. Like they're <laughs> like, oh man, did you see what happened? Was so and so did this? And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck right. you're talking about because I didn't watch it. <laughs> because I, you know. Some people just watch for just the the plot beats. What happens next? What happens next? You know, if you don't give them that, if you don't keep dropping those morsels, they won't follow you down that path. And I don't know, they just the facts. That's what they want. Just the facts, man. Well, I mean, you got it. I mean, I, I was existential bullshit. I was, <laughs> and that's where I live in that area. But no, it's you know after season one, I was like, man, they're going to be hard pressed to to follow up with a better cast. Well, and you they know, announced the cast of season two, and I was like, god damn, they got some fucking heavy hitters. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is boring. Well, season <laughs> season one was kind of special too because it, HBO had already done it with shows like uh, Sopranos and The Wire and Oz and all that. That really kind of blew open the idea of of what uh, a tv show could be you know but what season one did of true detectives and specifically that one episode with that one continuous shot fight scene yeah that is like impeccably directed and had me like white knuckling my fucking couch watching that shit that really showed uh, everyone that you do, it doesn't have to be... We can do these scenes on TV. The TV can compete with the movies in this respect. You know, it, I think it was, people believe, like, oh, well, sure, you know, you could... If you want, uh, you know, crazier, longer-running, more complex stories and characters, you can get that in TV. But if you want to see the spectacle, that's why you go to the movies. And, and yeah, I mean... Season one of True Detectives gave us both. It gave us a long, weird story that you couldn't wrap up in two hours. And I don't know what a feature-length version of uh, of True Detectives would look like, but it'd probably be unwatchable. But uh, not only can you do that, but you can compete on the spectacle level as well. Yeah, because I I don't remember seeing a shot like that in anything but movies. Yeah. And I, I think like the first time, I, first time I was aware of it. I'm pretty sure it had been done before, but the first time I was aware of it was the first time I saw Goodfellas when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When they go into the club and you know the through the back yes, and, and at yes. one long continuous steady camp shot. shot. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 
the thing about that is, shots like that is they take so fucking long to do, right? It might be a five-minute shot or less, but like there's so much rehearsal and making sure that everything is just perfect. And, you know, up until, you know, premium cable channels like HBO started breaking that mold for how to make a television show, you couldn't do that. You couldn't spend a whole week doing a five-minute scene because you've got to shoot a whole other episode next week. Yeah. You had to keep on the schedule. And you know, as much as people want to bitch about, oh, how much longer we have to wait to see the finale of Game of Thrones, and I'm like, you want this shit to be done tomorrow or do you want it done right? What you've A finale for this show is going to have to be mind-blowing to compare to all the crazy shit that's led up to it. So, yeah, it's going to take a little bit longer. Same thing with The Sopranos, you know? Do you, want your, do you want your next season to come out on time for the fall season and be this rushed mess or something that just falls apart? Or do you want it to be the perfect fucking baked pie that each season was? Yeah, but still, man, it's like, whoa. I know, There's, the waiting, waiting's rough. Two year gaps. I was like, "All right, guys, you better you better deliver some fucking like, yeah, some some great shit right here because this is yeah no." But you know, hey, once again, you know, The Sopranos, the the second part of season six. When I was watching it, I mean, I realized it, but it was only when I rewatched it that I realized that David uh, Chase basically left in that in that entire season a bunch of puzzle pieces laying around that you had to put together so when that screen went to black you knew what happened mm-hmm. and if you didn't if you just watched it and take and took it as it came you did what a lot of people probably did which was well what the fuck happened right yeah it's like imagine if you had a thousand uh, piece jigsaw puzzle and you put the whole thing together and you're missing one piece do you go look at it and go, well, now I have no idea what the picture looks like. <laughs> I'm no, down. Oh, you know, you've got a basket full of flowers with a kitten and a baby in it. That's what you have. That one little piece doesn't stop you from seeing that. But because we didn't put that final little piece of the jigsaw puzzle piece in, in, in uh, d- the jigsaw puzzle in place for you, then you just go, well, it's, uh, who knows what happened? You know what fucking happened. You were right there putting the puzzle together the whole time. You know what the scene is. Whatever gives people another reason to hate Journey. That's all I'm down for. shit band. I will say this. Watching that, uh, that last episode, I had a bunch of friends over at the house. And uh, my one buddy, when the screen cut to black, I instantly looked at my, my then wife. And she kind of looked at me. Said, Let's get divorced. Was like, that was horseshit. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, you know, we we're like, did what we think happened just happen? And my one buddy gets up and he starts fucking with the cable box. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I think your cable went out. And then they fucking <laughs> flash the fucking credits. <laughs> you didn't even want to accept it. And I was like, no, man, don't you get it? That's it. There's no more Tony Soprano. That's why there's nothing more to show you because he's, he's dead. And they're like, they can't kill Tony like that. We got to see it. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have to see it. That's kind of the point. David Chase said it himself. He said, you've watched this man for six seasons. Lie, cheat, kill. And now you're rooting for him to die. 
Right. And you think I'm a, you think I'm that much of a hack that I'm going to give you the satisfaction of of his family watching him get his brain splattered all over that jukebox? Fuck right. That. Right. You followed the story. You want a resolution to the story. The only logical resolution is he gets what's coming to him. And you really don't want to see that. So this is as good as an ending as you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I was like, oh, all right. Like, I immediately said, okay, he's dead. And a lot of my friends were like, no, man, no. They're going to do a movie. They're going to do a movie, and it's going to show you what happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you think this is, Sex in the City? No, <laughs> this isn't some throwaway fucking TV show. This dude plotted this out for a decade, and there's only six seasons. There is nothing by accident happening in this show. Maybe, I will say this, having rewatched the, the series recently, like in the last couple weeks, that first episode, pilot, the pilot that was shot in 97, and then the rest of the season, they started filming in late 98, there is a definite tone shift between that first episode and the rest of season one. Because it's almost slapsticky at parts. Yeah. You can tell that, that they were like, we have to give them something to get to hook them. Because, I mean, you got Carmella running outside with an AK-47 ready to shoot uh, 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 Meadow because she's sneaking out to go to a concert. Whereas that's completely out of character for her for the rest of the series. Yeah. You know, that is just not within her character. So, I mean, it's like, and then, you know, them, them running the guy, him and Tony and Chris running the guy down that owes him money and beating his ass in front of everybody on a fucking college campus and running him over. I'm like, that's out of character, but it was played as like a goof. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris was there like, it's $2,000, Tony. And he's like, get over here. You're supposed to be doing some of this shit, too. And he comes over <laughs> and starts kicking the guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it's like, eh. But besides that, that take that, that pilot that was filmed like two years before that it was ever shown and take it that that was made to get HBO to buy this, the first season. Yeah. Everything after that, I truly believe that was it was plotted out by David Chase, including the whole Pine Barrens epi- episode, which everyone's like, "I never resolved that." That's the point. When he turns, when when Tony looks and turns and looks at Paul and he goes, "What do we do? Do you want me? To, do you want us to go back in the woods and look for this fuck, or do you want us to leave?" And he goes, "Fuck it, let's go home." He goes, "Just so you know, if he ever shows up, you're dealing with this, and this is on you." Yeah. That was the whole point of that. Tony's going, uh-uh, I'm not taking the hit for this one. You're going to have to eat that bullet, literally. It was it was giving you insight into his character and his mindset. Is that, hey, you know, yeah, we're family and all this, but ultimately, I ain't dying for you if I don't have to. <laughs> That's just not happening. So, well, we could do a whole other episode on The Sopranos. Yeah, I know. But I, my bad, my bladder's backed up, and I'm out of vape juice. I, I, I almost wish. <laughs> Hashtag hipster have, problems. I, I almost wish we didn't have a, uh, already have such a, a good film podcast on the network because I'd love to do one, but it's we already have two sports, we have two like you know stream of consciousness between the weedsman and unregimented. We can't double down on everything. <laughs> they can. That's what we do nowadays. Double down on everything. Then you can double down on our social media. <laughs> At Unregimented Pod on Twitter. 
uh, we're on Facebook. Email us, unregimented at christianmedia.net. Uh, yeah, so we're calling the show three hours. See you next week. See ya. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.